Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of Link to the Cast. I am your party host, my name is Dave Ryan and I am joined on the couch beside me here by the platforming prodigy, Old Man Robinson. El uh, Guardian Euro Football Podcast there, woof, woof, woof. Gets me every time. Welcome back uh, to the podcast everyone, it's another special edition here, the dust has settled. The Electronic 3 has ended for another year. Whew, deep breaths. Yeah. We kind of, we we talk a bit on the podcast sometimes about how there are weeks where there's next to no news. And it's like, how the fuck are we going to, you know, stretch out the news segment here? E3 week, not such a concern, to be honest. Well, no. It's how do we condense this? Yeah. it's It's the opposite problem to what we normally have. Um... Yeah, uh, where to start? General impressions, Mark. We watched, between the two of us, we've watched, well, I've watched every conference except I think I didn't watch the PC Gaming Showcase. No, I watched a little bit of that. But, but other than that, I've watched every conference. Yeah. You've watched most of them. I've gone back because I did fall asleep on a few bits and pieces, but I have gone back and I've kind of caught Including up. Including so. one very notable conference you fell asleep during, but more on that and on. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, but no, I'm, I'm like, I've seen everything. I'm, I kind of know what's going on. I know the lay of the land. I know all the publishers and all the developers are. And in terms of a general overview, uh, I thought that Microsoft had an okay conference but i felt that they had a kind of some sort of mixed messages in terms of where they are with the uh new uh, newly announced xbox one s and the project scorpio but we'll get into that uh i thought sony sony pretty much knocked it out of the park i thought they had a really good conference and i liked the way that they did their presentation where it was just like just one game after another mm-hmm. none of this bullshit none of this um fucking I'm Alex Hunter, and um, again, we'll get to that as well, yeah. um, and all the fucking theatrics. I like the way Sony put this together. Um, and then Nintendo, uh, I guess we'll just kind of talk about them when we get to it as well, but the thing I found with the Nintendo one, just from listening to people that went to E3, the actual setup they had for Zelda there seemed like a fucking theme park attraction ride. Apparently... Um, and this is something we we may talk about later when we're talking about Zelda, the uh, the booth, the the Nintendo booth, which was entirely Zelda. Yeah. At E3, Zelda was the only playable game for Nintendo at E3. The booth had a day night cycle. Yeah. I uh, what I want <laughs> is I want all developers and publishers every year from now on to have one game and make it just a fucking theme uh, circus. Um. Outside of press conferences, mm-hmm. um, talk to me about what you may have heard, what you may have read. About people who were there, obviously, unfortunately, we weren't there. But uh, what are people saying about how E three was this year as a as a as an experience, as a convention, as this celebration of gaming? Well, yeah, I mean, we said on the preview show that E three doesn't seem quite what it once was for a number of different reasons, um, and it seems I definitely think from next year you'll really start to see it where they'll really start to open it up more as a consumer show and not so much just a kind of insider trade show. Um, 
Yes and no. Um, I think, yeah, I think there's certainly an element of that where they'll be thinking about doing that because... I mean, they'll still, they'll still have the whole kind of Yeah, because in on. terms of on the floor, um, we had little to no presence from the likes of uh, EA. Activision. Activision, um, Konami. There was a hilarious photo about Konami. Yeah, well, Konami's in a whole fucking league of its own at the yeah. moment, so... And you got to say, in the era post mid-range developers, to have a couple of the big ones not there this year um, is a little bit troublesome, maybe. I mean, I do think that E3 and the organisers will have to kind of play it by seeing who decides to turn up next year. Yeah. And having to really kind of make a decision at that point about what way they, what direction they want to go with E3. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, another thing uh, that I want to say, kind of like that might run counter to that as whereas it is going to be I think that might be the goal to make it very kind of almost like Comic Con where it's more about the people attending than it is about the companies that are there even though mm. the companies are trying to sh- uh, schlock stuff sell stuff on uh, I do think next year is going to be very hardware heavy because it's the first year where all the VR headsets are already going to be on market it's also the year that's going to have the Scorpio will be released the Xbox One S we'll get to both of these soon will have already been released and presumably by then the we'll NX. be ramping up for the or we'll have the NX will be out but the PS the PS4 Neo yeah or well, PS4K whatever it's going to be called I mean, is also going to be at that stage we think maybe ramping up but I want to when we get to Microsoft I want to talk about where I think yeah. Sony might pivot yeah well I think because I think Sony I think, after that Microsoft conference may have been rethinking some things yeah I mean I think the Neo will be announced at a kind of standalone Sony conference but again I think PSX this Christmas yeah, I think yeah, is a good time for it yeah Okay. Um, they tend to save some announcements for that now. PSX is actually the two years it's been running as a fun time to watch. Yeah. Or maybe even for GDC, because that's a very tech-facing yeah. show. Yeah. Um, right, so we're going to dive into it. Uh, we're going to go one by one, go through um, the press conferences as we saw them, and then kind of um, finish up with some general impressions about things that didn't necessarily have press conferences, but uh, things you might want to hear news stories about. We're not going to have a ton to say about every single news story, but um, we'll throw in impressions where we can. Yeah. So the first, and this is part of a trend that I don't really like, where E3 is creeping further and further <laughs> forward uh-huh. every year. I think this is technically day minus one. Yeah. And it's, it we started only... off, like normally I'm used to, the last few years of watching it, I'm used to the rigmarole of one day getting four out in one go. Yeah. Which is your Microsoft start the day, then your EA, Ubi, PlayStation. Grand. It's only going to get worse. And it ends at midnight to to 2am, somewhere in that period. This year we had two very late nights where Bethesda didn't start until 3am. Was it 3am? It was around there. Yeah, and PlayStation didn't start until 2am. So on the first day, which is... um, technically day minus one EA kicked us off with what I think was a badly organised press conference that's what I want to say I don't want to say the games they showed were necessarily bad but I think the means through which they delivered those games could have done with some rethinking I'm not sure why they went for the Wrestlemania 2 approach yeah well yeah there's, there's that thing I understand in hindsight completely why they did that. And For the football was, side? Yes. Yeah, I get that. Because of a particular guest that comes on stage wasn't going to be fucked going to Los Angeles, let me tell you. Yeah. Right? <clears throat> so, 
the, yeah, there's the whole they for those of you who aren't aware, they they had their theater, the, nor, the place they normally do the press conference in LA, and there were also was it the Ham- Brixton Academy, Ham- Hammersmith Apollo. Apollo, Hammersmith Apollo. Yeah. Oh yeah, you were saying was it Brixton, but it turned out to be yeah, yeah. Hammersmith. Yeah. So the Hammersmith Apollo then in London, where um, is it Peter Moore is his name, the the I man you would whose face you know from EA conferences. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> he brought certain segments of the show. Weirdly, the Madden segment was from Hammersmith. Well, it's because he had to segue from the Madden into yeah. the FIFA, and yeah, that wasn't exactly. It was awkward, but anyway, here are some of the things they talked about. Um, like, and I think you'll agree when you go through this. Nothing about here, nothing about what I'm going to go through here is necessarily like, oh fuck this, or looks boring <laughs> no, per se. Every single game here is either interesting to me, or I can see that it has considerable interest from a certain segment of people. Do you know what I mean? So we have Titanfall 2, which launches, launches multi-platform October 28th. And this began, um, when they showed Titanfall 2, it began at an, what I found upsetting trend that Ubi would carry on, which was showing multiple trailers in one go for the same thing. Mm-hmm. So they showed the multiplayer trailer, which I think everyone has seen at this point, which is just kind of your standard, right? Okay, there's more mechs, everything, you know, it's it's prettier, it's on multiple platforms, all that kind of shit coming out October 28th and then they did the the much lauded the much demanded single player campaign which was I think that was the thing that stopped me getting on board with Titanfall when I got my Xbox One Yeah, was the combination of well there's no one playing it anymore so the multiplayer servers aren't that populated and the fact that there's no single player campaign it's very very rare Overwatch being the only recent exception I can think of where I will go out of my way and buy something that has no offline or solo component to it whatsoever yeah I think, like, Titanfall overall, like, retrospectively, um, there's a lot of IPs over the last 10 years where uh, they kind of get it half right. Like, the, the, the idea on paper is grand, mm. but the execution, for whatever reason, and there's always a number of reasons, yeah. doesn't quite get it. I think by the looks of it that, like, on paper, I didn't really get to play much of the original Titanfall. It's very good. But I, I, played, it, I played it in a shop. Yeah, from what I could see... By all accounts, uh, they've kind of corrected every issue that they had with uh, the original Titanfall, mainly being that it was only on Xbox. Like, put it this way, the, the mechanics of Titanfall and the fun of Titanfall, uh, when people were playing it in demos, was good to the extent where it scared Call of Duty into going super future. Yeah, well, I mean, like, I saw some of uh, Advanced Warfare and it was taking some of the mechanics of Titanfall to say the very least but yeah no, from what I've seen it looks pretty good and uh, we'll see kind of you know the success and certainly as you were talking about there with Overwatch like as a, an online shooter what uh, what kind of level of, of uh, traffic it kind of attains after the first couple of weeks yeah like it didn't help that it came out as an Xbox One exclusive when the Xbox One was getting particularly hammered no um, that was I think the biggest problem yeah well there's that and there's the like the, the kind of the fact that I had no campaign, yeah, and the it was one of the first games, and people are starting to I think start to ease off on this because they realise what a poison chalice it is. It was being pushed as kind of like this is going to be the next great online competitive shooter. Now it didn't make the entire massive misstep that say a game I put in a similar great idea but horribly mismanaged uh, job of evolve. Mm-hmm. Evolve was a game where they pushed it so hard they wanted it to be an esports. Yeah. And to me now, when you're saying esports, 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 pre-release, kiss of death. Yeah. It's not going to happen. You can't force it on the esports community. The esports community, you put it out there and they will take it on if they want. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm very excited to see where Titanfall is going. 
I it's a bit Transformers to me the the campaign ad I don't know if you saw it where like the mech is talking mm-hmm. Optimus Prime style yeah, yeah. and like hey cool if it comes off like old Transformers good times if it comes off like fucking uh, Marky Mark's Transformers movie not so cool with that although he does play a character in it called Cade Yeager in that Transformers movie Cade Yeager I'm glad I you know, know that's it. the ultimate bro movie name Cade Yeager I bet he spells it douchey as well Cade. yeah I think I found a Transformer yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah. So that's Titanfall Two. I'm I'm looking forward to it. Pro- like, it's one of those games where not going to pre-order it. Going to wait and see what everyone says about it. See if everyone's still playing it three weeks after the fact. Then maybe pick it up. Yeah. Well, also take into account that like we've had Division released this year. Um, I presume people are still playing Destiny. Pure people are still playing. Yes. Yeah, so... There are people. The. I was going to say that there. Are... <laughs> There's. The, the the rate of recidivism, which is a phrase normally used for repeat offenders yeah. in prison, the recidivism rate for uh, right. for Destiny is quite is quite something. Yeah, so it's astonishing for a game that doesn't particularly interest me, and I, I believe yourself and Brian are going to be looking at Destiny a bit yeah, in the next couple of weeks exactly. when I'm gone. Um, so it'll be interesting to see uh, what you report back on what Destiny's like. Two years on now, it came out about two years it's ago. About that, yeah. I mean, obviously, it's it's got a long term plan in mind where stuff like. Uh, the original Titanfall and as far as I'm aware the Division you know it's just here's a standalone project and they're going to have some bits of DLC where Destiny is this 10 year plan one of the things I'll be interested to note um, to see if you can pick up on it and we'll move on to stuff that actually was at the press conference then is that in my view and this is just from an outsider on Destiny and kind of a Division player Mm. is that in my estimation Destiny came out and everything they've added into it since has improved Destiny mm-hmm. and made it an actual game. Mm-hmm. Whereas The Division came out and most things they've done to it since have made it worse. <laughs> ah. There's a sizable community of people who have been pissed at all the updates that have gone into it. But I'd be interested to see if the 2E come back with similar findings. Mass Effect Andromeda there was a fair bit about. Now Mass Effect isn't your kind of scene, is it? I think you you remarked something to that effect during the press conference. It was mainly based on the fact that I played about half of uh, the first game and I thought the controls were garbage and I'm told, yeah. oh, Mass Effect 2 rectifies all those issues. It's like, well, this is a three-part story kind of based thing. Not, not interested. And uh, apparently, but that's the, uh, you see, the thing that hasn't gotten me into Mass Effect so far, and I am going to play it this summer at some stage, the first one at least, because I have it and it's backwards compatible now for mm-hmm. Xbox yep. One, um, is the fact that I know that for the majority of people... The ending of Mass Effect Three is hot trash. Well, they did fix it. Chol changed it. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So like uh, that. That kind of makes me. I'd almost want to play Mass Effect Three on my Wii U. So remember that came out like well after the fact on the Wii U. I think it's the second week in a row we mentioned this. Is that an Arkham Knight in the two? Yeah, like, fucking oh, weird. Call of Duty. Fucking. Uh, actually, there's. I want to say there's one other as well that's like. But uh, we got it. We got a behind the scenes trailer for Mass Effect Andromeda, and it looks pretty cool. It looks like more Mass Effect. Um, it'll be interesting to see where they go without uh, Shepard or Femshep as a as your protagonist. Uh, it'll be interesting to try and make people care when they got so invested in the character they built up for three games. All I have to say about this is it looks a little bit No Man's Skies, um, but the facial animations incredibly. Oh my words! Yeah, oh my words! Like I'm not a, a uh, kind of graphics hand animation hand whatever. Mm. But that, I was like, okay, that looks pretty fucking incredible. Um, 
in your protagonist's name is Ryder, which is the other bit that came out of it. And uh, also, Twitter was great during the Mass Effect trailer because pretty much every gaming journalist I follow, which is quite a few on Twitter, was making variations of the, oh, I'm going to fuck so many aliens. Yes. <laughs> every single person. And I will say, special mention right now to a man who was knocking out of the park all weekend on Twitter during E3, and that's Jim Sterling. Oh, yeah. Jim Sterling was doing the Lord's work Fine on Twitter. Man, Jim Sterling. Yeah, that's a game where I just, I'm going to wait until it comes out and then I'm going to see what people say. And if it does knock out of the park, I may be vaguely interested. It's not my kind of game. Um, I do see the appeal of it. Uh, it as I said, it has... Is that this year? Have a look. Have a look there I, when I move on to the next one. No, I think I think it's early next year. That's what I thought. Um, I know it was a, it originally was this year when they showed the concept art. See, I believe it was earmarked for twenty sixteen. Where we does see a lot of day by then, we'll see online. Yeah. Um, the yearly segment of hey, whimsy, the video game. Yeah, the yearly whimsy, the video game segment, or the yearly here, we're not completely evil. We're going to go and uh, find an indie. I've got to say, like, I appreciate that they were really trying to, like, bang on that uh, Unravel was this kind of, like, incredible thing that they did. It was... A... It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. But it's not... Um, it's a seven. It's not Journey. It's a six five. It's a seven. Shall we say? Do you know? If you, wanna, if you want to put it into a category of games of that nature... It's fine. Uh, do you know what it... If I had gotten through more of it in time for our awards show, I think it might have featured in, like, a best soundtrack. The soundtrack is really good. I guess, maybe. Also, I will say, among the best uh, graphical representations of water I've seen in a game, the water in that game is fucking astonishing. It's a very nice-looking game. If only I could have seen them render Triple H's hair the other (laughs) watermark for graphical (laughs) capabilities. Uh, so uh, EA and Zoink Games have announced this new game Fee Fee. I'm with Fee. I think it's I think I think it's Fee or Fee. Yeah, it's one of yeah, the. I think if you get like the Fee Five, it looks like Fee to me. Oh, Again, right. uh, whimsy. Yeah, uh, that's basically you know it's the same kind of deal. Um, not exactly the same, but it's it's just a whimsical indie game yeah. is coming uh, courtesy of EA. Um, they kind of laid their cards on the table for Star Wars going forward. Um. And kind of said, well, there's more support coming to Battlefront, but also alluded to, and then later over the weekend confirmed that Battlefront 2 is coming next year. Yeah. Which I don't think is to anyone's surprise. I think they're trying to get in a situation with DICE where they're going to alternate year on, year off, Battlefield, uh, Battlefront, Battlefield, Battlefront, Battlefield, Battlefront, until everyone kills themselves. Um. But what I was impressed by with the Star Wars thing is that basically they were going, well, fucking one... The EA Star Wars partnership is strong and it's staying here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing I'm impressed by is that they're basically going, no matter what type of game you prefer to play, there is a Star Wars game for you to play. Right? So if you like the multiplayer online kind of shit, we've already got Battlefront for you. If you like the single player campaign, we're going to show you all of three seconds of the game Amy, H- Amy Hennig has been working on and watch the internet lose its mind. Yeah. Um, I feel like I'm going to need to make a Star Wars video game bingo card and then just like slowly tick off which ones get cancelled over the next two years. Yeah. Um, and as long as those monies, as long as those monies, as long as those films keep making all the money in the world, I doubt you're going to see the back of those no, games. No, but they, didn't they uh, say they were reshooting some of Rogue One? Yeah, but that's that's a Star Wars story. It's not well, one of the canonical yeah, yeah, yeah. series. Yeah, it's, it's, it's their first spin-off one. Uh, and I think it's that they from what I'm reading about that uh, this is kind of off the point but what I'm reading about that Rogue One issue is that it's come off and it's much like the trailer like apparently it's deadly serious mm. and 
I think they're going, well, Guardians of the Galaxy made lots of money. That. <laughs> you know uh, yeah, and yeah. like there were some funny stuff there was some funny stuff in episode 7 yeah uh, there was some great stuff like uh, I, I think the best the best line in that whole movie the whole revival of Star Wars was all worth it for that one Harrison Ford deadpan line of that's not how the force works uh, I find it hard to remember that film I watched it at 2 o'clock in the morning in China it's a good so. film it's, it's, a, it's actually I a proper good film it. yeah it's not Empire, but it's good. Anyway, that's a yeah. podcast for another day. Yeah, yeah. Um, more Battlefield 1 as well. Yeah, that one looks pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I am cautiously optimistic about this game because with Battlefield, everyone's been burned before. Because Battlefield 4 came out with hot garbage and didn't work. Brian says to me it works now, but I don't remember the news story coming out yeah, that, hey, Battlefield 4 works. So. Here we are. <laughs> uh, here he is. Um... And Battlefield Hardline, I remember, it looked absolutely fucking amazing the first time everyone saw it at E3. Look, do you want to know how much time I spent with Battlefield? Zero. Yeah. So. Well, Battlefield uh, Three, this... Battlefield Three was a big thing. I still been told. Yeah. Um, but Battlefield Three was kind of where all the modern warfare people uh, who thought Call of Duty was getting too silly went. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but in terms of like a, a trailer, like uh, there could be what seems to be a pretty good single player campaign out of this yeah the the messaging and the marketing of this game so far is spot on mm. and that's what EA are good at mm. do you know what I mean like putting an actual trailer together you're like fucking yeah man yeah. oh yeah, yeah. Um, they Madden, have a pretty have, good production team yeah, yeah switching over to EA Sports before we uh, leave here uh, Madden is coming uh, really yeah fucking the hell. traditional kick off to the busy season of video games yeah. Madden is usually your first release post summer um, let's talk about that FIFA well that's that's the, that's the main event here <laughs> um, Madden's coming it's usual time every year um, I like Madden games I think Madden games are a yeah, lot of they're fun, fun. I, I think um... uh, to me because I'm not a, a huge American football fan I don't feel the compulsion to buy Madden every year no I, I buy it every couple of years I, I remember playing it might have been either it might, it might have been 14 um, so a few of my friends back home uh, sometimes uh, co-host here Jack Lazell a couple of other people I know they, they're very much into the American football where I'm very much kind of tailgating along I'm pretty sure Jack uh, just has uh, this constant level of expertise across all sporting endeavours yeah more or less that is kind of impressive it's well he has like the like it's fright. it's truly frightening he has the rule way. book of American football and it's like the size of the bible I imagine it's yeah, yeah. distressing um, but I remember playing I think it was Madden 14 and while not kind of really knowing what was going on I still very much enjoyed it I mean it was like the first American football game I played since fucking um, Blitz no uh, Tech Mobile for the NES ah. and I remember not knowing what the fuck was going on back yeah. then but kind of enjoying it like I have a vague notion of the rules like we watch we tend to watch the, the conference championships and we watch the Super Bowl every year here I kind of know the rules but it's just yeah. when you're actually playing it yeah you, you yeah. kind of just I get playbooks I don't get oh, Um, but they're getting gradually more intuitive at kind of being forgiving on the people who don't really understand all that yeah. in the Madden games and I appreciate that effort in the same way that I think NHL games are going completely the other way mm. like I played an NHL game a couple of years ago and I was like what in the Jesus fuck is going on here <laughs> like I could not I legitimately couldn't understand could not get the control straight in my head mm -hmm. for a much simpler game anyway that's besides the point main event FIFA Right, not Alex just the main event. Not, yeah, not just the main event because I love FIFA so damn much. But the main event because, like, if you had said to me, 
what was the presentation for FIFA 17 going to be like at E3? I would not have said this. No. I would not. This was... Like, this... This presentation of FIFA, I think, might by the end of E3 feature on both my list of the best things from E3 and the goddamn worst things at E3. I was expecting, here's the Frostbite engine, here's our ultimate card bollocks that we're doing, boom, done. I was not expecting Juan Jose Mourinho, I was certainly not expecting some fucking Fespian acting, Yeah. uh, and some apparently fucking single player campaign that is more inclined with saying that Bioware would be doing. But no, it's like, do you know what it is? It's the 2K NBA story mode. I mean, I've never played that. But that's so. that's what it is. It's like they, they like pick a guy and you take him through his whole career. Mm. Like last year, fucking Spike Lee directed the career mode. I did hear about... Well, because I, I know that FIFA... Apparently it's hot garbage. I can't, I can't wait to play it because now we got it for free on yeah. PlayStation Plus. Because I know FIFA has the be a pro mode or something. Be a pro, but that's like literally you can either pick an existing player or just create a player from scratch. Yeah. And there's no real... It, it's kind of like just standard career mode then except you're playing as one player and you've got your own individual goals yeah yeah but like you know complete three passes or get an assist and stuff like that to try and increase this This is is a narrative story mode and look here's what I'll say about this before we get into the Alex Hunter of it all before we get into the the hot thespian action Mm -hmm. right I'm really interested I really want to play that mode right under the one condition that career mode and be a pro mode are still intact, separate. Well, I I can't imagine they're going to get rid of that. But, but I'm interested. But, <laughs> I'm interested, but the issue that I have is, you know, one thing that I don't really care about when it comes to football, the narrative is the narrative. Yeah, or I I like the on pitch narrative. You know, yeah, a team of two 0 down, come back, win three two, great times. I don't give a fuck about any of the players on the pitch, their backstory. I um, give a fuck about that. Well. Pro Evo kind of dips in with their become a legend mode. They dip a little deeper than be a pro where you actually sign an agent and you can sign for clubs and they do like not press conferences like to the extent that football manager does where you're answering all the questions. But like, you know, there's little clips of you winning player of the month or you being unveiled at a new club and stuff like that. Yeah, this and is that's a, actually cool. But this, this is a whole. What yeah, yeah, I know. But like, I'm cautiously optimistic about this. The one thing I will say that's quite interesting is that. And I think you'll see this drop off in future years is that one of the things about um, like a protagonist in these type of games is that for me it would want to be the created player so that you could project onto it as if it is your own career like if you're a kid you want to project onto it as if it's you coming up the ranks at Manchester United yeah, yeah. and like all you'd have to really do for that is like drop out the voice acting and put in like voice if you want to have voice acting for other people in the game but you just have a dialogue like written dialogue on the screen or, like, uh, WWE games of years past do, like, alternate say. one, two, three male voices. Well, yeah, I mean, but they sometimes um, do that. Sometimes they change it where they only have the written, so... Yeah. But... It varies. Um, I'm impressed that they've, like, this is proper. They have a vision for this. I think the trailer for it is cool. It unveils it pretty well. Um, I don't think it'll be the mode I spend the most time on. It's always going to be career mode I spend the most time on that, like building a dynasty at United or whatever club I've decided to I've manage. just realised as Taking well. Taking up from League 2 to win the Champions League, which I have done on a couple of FIFAs. There will actually be an antagonist because we're guaranteed to get... Yeah, Jose Mourinho. No, 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 no. <laughs> virtual Alan, Alan Pardew. <laughs> Woof. Yeah, virtual managers... Uh, all like physical yeah well that's another, that's another thing is that like Mourinho is obviously voice acting in the game because we heard his voice in the trailer <laughs> just <laughs> which is incredible 
I just um, and he made an appearance on stage, but I think the um, I have no words. A thing that I think, because like, you know, there's a lot of people who pick FIFA over Pro Evo because of like the, the authenticity with the kits and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I think for them, a, a cool big announcement is that all uh, twenty Premier League managers are going to be visually represented in the game. Um, that's pretty cool because before it was just generic managers standing on the sidelines, and what used to be annoying to me wasn't that I couldn't get my manager in career mode to look you know like me or anything like that that didn't bug me as much as like it would just be horrifically inconsistent that i'm pretty sure like the model of the manager would change every so often do you know what we really need we what? need like a dev diary and i need to see like big ron in the studio doing sound bites <laughs> just think about this but it's pretty cool um i'm excited by it uh but again it was a case of um cool idea cool game by the way frostbite engine it looks good. It looks pretty damn good. But my concern, obviously, is you switch to a new engine. Does it lose the feel of playing well, FIFA? I I've got a game that I, I want to review next time uh, we do an actual episode where we review games on my iPad at the moment called Pixel Cup Soccer Sixteen. It's mm-hmm. like a very fluid, um, animated pixel style football game. Yeah. And I've realised that I've not played a game like that, a very, football game like that, in a very, very long time. Yeah. I've always felt that the 3D football games, there's there's still that little element of clunkiness to it where it's like you kick the ball, then there's the animation of the ball moving, and then you go into the next animation where the ball you receive at your yeah. feet. Where with this, it's just it's just like pure arcade, you know. Yeah. Uh, where foot and that's when when Pro Evo was killing FIFA, it was because they were staying arcading. Yeah. And FIFA was trying to go over things that were too realistic and FIFA felt like you were running through treacle. Um, and when FIFA started kicking Pro Evo's ass again, which was two thousand with FIFA 10, so the end of 2009, um, that was FIFA completely rebuilt the game from the ground up over the, the previous few years. And Take it actually started... Okay. It, WWE game. Take it, notes. it actually started to feel like football again whereas yeah. Pro Evo changed their engine and it stopped feeling like football it just started feeling a bit shit and now Pro Evo it's interesting because like, Pro Evo is starting to come back since they switched to the Fox engine last year that game is fantastic mm-hmm. um, the only reason I don't still play it as much as I play FIFA is just because some of the stuff that Konami did post launch with that game was fucking stupid like it didn't have updated rosters for about two months after that game came out which is incredibly frustrating obviously there's the issue with like kits and stuff like that and blah, blah, blah. But that's I don't want to get into Konami corner anyway, here let's, let's move on it would be in- <laughs> I just hope that FIFA 17 still feels like football on the new engine I hope that because FIFA now has been on somewhat of a hot streak that even the more disappointing like there was a couple of entries FIFA 15 was one of them where it didn't change much at all of anything it was just kind of like oh here's the same game with updated rosters basically um, there's been a couple of disappointing FIFAs over the last couple of years but hey, look, largely fuckers keep buying it but so. large, no but what I mean is largely since FIFA 10 the one thing that has remained constant is that it still feels like football yeah. do you know what I mean and that's what keeps me buying it if it stops feeling like football and Pro Evo does then I'm going to find myself not buying FIFA uh, also launched alongside FIFA coming out before we uh, I'll leave you to finish off on Alex Hunter before we move on to the no, I, got, I got no more to say you got no more uh, to yeah they actually had the guy who's playing Alex Hunter come out on stage and do a cringing monologue about it and Jose Mourinho came out and was like so minus crack that he was great crack <laughs> he was great he was basically coming on because he wanted a code for his son yeah. uh, 
but uh, what I was going to say as well, yeah, uh, launched with the, the pre-order for FIFA. If you boot up the game now, there's actually a loyalty one, which is the first thing they've done. First time they've done this, uh, in, from what I can recall, is that if you own FIFA 16, you can get FIFA 17 10% off. I feel it's like something they should be doing. So. That's that's something all yearly franchises should yeah. do. And I can't believe I didn't think that they should have been doing this all along. And I can't believe it took them that long. Yeah, no fair play to EA for that. I'll give them, I'll give them that. Yeah, it's not often you'll hear Mark Robinson say fair play to EA. Yeah. Or okay. most other humans for this matter. Bethesda. Uh, 3am. This was fucking... Jesus, this was a heartbreak to try and stay up for Mark. But they got our attention early. Mm-hmm. Classic boot-up screen comes on. And they list a bunch of uh, Bethesda games. One that they don't go on to talk about anymore for the rest of the conference that I'm very interested in. Because they have, what they have is, they have like a list of Doom and the original date it came out. Commander Keen, the original date it came out. One of them didn't have a date beside it and it was called Wolfenstein the New Colossus. Yeah. So Wolfenstein 2 from Machine Games is coming. Yeah. And it's presumably going to be called the New Colossus. I would imagine... And I would, I dare say I'll be proven correct on this in a couple of months. We will see that at QuakeCon. Bethesda save stuff for QuakeCon now. Speaking of QuakeCon, the screen, that boot up screen ends with loading Quake Champions. I think you said on the pre-show, on the pre-E3 prediction cast, and I thought it was ridiculous and most people would have thought it was ridiculous. I suspect you probably thought it was a bit ridiculous to make that moonshot as well. We got a new Quake game. Well, I mean, sort of. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll wait to see exactly what it is. I mean, it wasn't exactly Quake Four. It was Quake Champions. It's going to yeah. be only a PC it's, game. Yeah, it's an online arena shooter. No sort of Quake campaign. Well, but that's not really what people play Quake so, for. So, as excited as I can be, I don't have a PC. This good. Well, I don't have a PC. Yeah. So, I suspect it might be like an XCOM Two thing where it'll come out a couple of months later to go. Yeah, it's coming to console. Mm, maybe. What would be interesting for me is if it makes the leap through the Windows Universal platform mm. and comes to Xbox One. Um, one oh. thing I will say about that, reading some things about how people are talking about Overwatch, because Overwatch does PC and Xbox One crossplay, is that Xbox One players don't like it because people who are playing with keyboards and a mouse annihilate them. Well, because yeah, of the freedom of movement and stuff like that, yeah. that like the, the the precision you get with keyboard and mouse is much greater than. No, what I could say, well, and even I mean, something as simple as turning speed. Well, like, here's the thing: Microsoft are going to have this issue with anything that they do that is cross-play between Xbox One and and Windows. That's just that that's a problem they're going to have to find a way to deal with. Yeah. Um, if they want to do, is particularly with anything like a first-person shooter. Well, that's, I think that requires yeah, like incredibly precise and that's quick movement. The, the, the key one I was about. Uh, I could see Rocket League not as much no I could see them doing a a digital only release for PS4 and and Xbox One and then have obviously your kind of cross play between those two Uh, that's what I'd like to see uh, because I really do want to play some new Quake I think it will come to consoles eventually I don't know um, I need to see more of what this actually is because we don't know more about Again, the this is, they have actually outright said we'll see more of this at QuakeCon. Yeah. Uh, so we'll wait and see on that one. Um, everything is getting a card game, Mark. We'll come to uh, something else. Actually, yeah, because it is part of a... It is part of one of the conferences Look. that we saw. But the one I'm going to talk about here is that Elder Scrolls is getting a card game. Uh, Elder, Elder Scrolls... 
I didn't even realise that one was. Yeah, Elder Scrolls Legends. Oh, was that where the bird was screaming the whole time and I got distracted by it? No, that was the that was the Elder Scrolls Online. There was a oh, lot okay. of Elder Scrolls. Elder Scrolls Legends is basically a card game. It's Gwent for the Elder Scrolls. Look, here's the deal. Hearthstone is a thing. If that's a thing, anyone who has any kind of fucking Middle-earth fantasy bullshit type of setting lore is going to also... tell your, your tolerance for the fantasy RPG genre. I want a fucking 2016... Lord of the Rings bollocks. I want a 2016 Pokemon trading card game, alright? You may well. You want me in, Nintendo. You want me in, so what do you need to do? Oh, you're already in. We'll get to that. You want me further in? Yeah. Alright? It's a deep sickness already. Anyway. Um... And then another thing, we knew it was coming, we talked about it on the pre-show. Come on. Let's just get that one. No, we'll we'll, we'll get... Gwent. Yeah, I don't... Look... We're not the right people to be talking about this because I love Witcher and I hate Gwent. But there are... That's very much the Morrissey Smith's uh, dichotomy there. Gwent is a real sick... Like, (laughs) people who get Gwent, get Gwent. (laughs) Like, they do nothing but Gwent. Like, I remember listening to a a bombcast where Brad Shoemaker was, like, legitimately getting worried about himself. that he was. He didn't give a shit about the game. And Dan Reichert as well, I think, didn't give a shit about the game anymore. Just playing Gwent, yeah. See, now, Austin and Brad, I can see those two, but Dan's... He's weird. He's all over the place. Like, he can't even plot his interests. Anyway, fuck Gwent. Anyway, carry on. Something we all knew was coming. Uh, Skyrim is getting remastered. Yeah. Uh, Do you know what? If that comes out and it's, like, 40 quid, I'll pick it up. Do you know why? Do you know, like, because it's a remaster. If it's like half the price, I'm looking at that autumn now, and with a lot of games being pushed into 2017, I'm thinking to myself, I could do with a like a meaty game that's coming out in the fall. Do you know to... why I don't need to bother with Skyrim HD? Not that I bothered with it the first time around. Because obviously you said Lord of the Rings bullshit. There is that, and also because Legend of Zelda apparently is fucking Skyrim, but Zelda. Yeah, we're not gonna have a March 2017 though. But anyway. Anyway. Um. Yeah, that's coming out October 28th, I believe that is releasing. Uh, which is, by the way, the same day the Titanfall releases. Oh, Jesus. If, if that is true. Um, but I know that Skyrim is coming out like in the middle of Titanfall, Battlefield, and a couple of other things. It's going to be a mental month for people who are interested in all of those games. Um, Put off work now. Prey has been... Prey 2, which we thought was going to be coming has been completely rebranded as Prey. So there was a game called Prey, and now there's another game in the series called Prey. I'll tell you what. It's being redone, and it's basically like, for those of you who've been waiting for Dead Space 4, you've got it. It's called Prey. Yeah. Um, there's a Great trailer. There's an episode of Angry Game Video Nerd where he looks at uh, different films and games where the... Um, what they call the film and like how they kind of numerize them. And it's absolutely fucked up. And he's one that he uses, uh, there's two, in video games it's Final Fantasy, because mm-hmm. this it's absolutely bullshit, because it's like Final Fantasy 4 is Final Fantasy 1 in in America, I think, and then it kind of follows up. And then it's the, oh Jesus, which film series is it? Oh, fuck. Uh, well, I think like Aliens. Like the whole, like the way Yoshi's Island is technically the sequel to Super Mario World. Yeah, and then you got that stuff kind of like bullshit. Alien, where you got Alien, Aliens, and then Alien 3, and you're like, oh, yeah. what the fuck? Um, this is kind of a similar thing here. I mean, I've never, like, I don't really know much about the Prey series, but, I mean, the trailer looked pretty good. The trailer is pretty good, and but I it's can imagine... like, there's no real gameplay in it, though, was there? It was, it was, no, it was all no, cinematic? No, I, 
pretty sure. But anyone who's into that series, I can see why they're pretty excited about it, and that's a good time. Anyone who likes Dead Space as well, I've been looking to fill that Dead Space hole. Dead Space. It was, it was very Dead Space. Yeah, like that whole kind of Dead Space system shock sort of uh, kind of genre. Uh, Doom multiplayer DLC announced. Looks like they're adding some stuff. They're keeping up the support for Snap Map. Uh, still no word on, like, are they going to add more single player stuff to it? So I, I really just hope they will. I need to look in to see and see, like, how that's actually doing from an online perspective because I haven't even touched it like I mean I've still not finished the single player well I know they've already classed it and I think this is just from sales alone I don't know about player retention and stuff like that but Bethesda already have internally said that Doom has massively exceeded expectations well that's good for id I don't think as much because I think and people like Jeff Gerson and other people like in the industry have said that like you get the feeling that Id knew all along how good this game was. <laughs> that, like, be- because there was something weird about how, like, that multiplayer beta came out and people really weren't impressed and yeah. Id didn't panic. Yeah. They are just like, motherfuckers, you're going to see. <laughs> you know? Um, and that was another cool thing about Doom um, that they announced at the, um, was it at this or was it the PlayStation conference? No, it was at this conference, wasn't it? Where you can play the first level of Doom now for free on uh, PlayStation yeah, and then for XBLA and on Steam. Yeah. Um, so go cool. download the first level of that game because once you play that level you'll be running down to it's your a, local it's a swift introduction oh let me tell you yeah. what a fucking game they I, fuck about I'm it. telling you if that doesn't feature on my contenders for game of the year this year um, there has to be some pretty this is going to be a pretty damn yeah. good year yeah. speaking of pretty damn good year I'll tell you what I didn't think I was going to be going into this I was kind of mildly interested in it when they showed me it last year I'm really interested in Dishonored 2 well look here's the thing what I was saying earlier about uh, this is a generation of where we have games uh, like new IPs where they don't completely hit a home run on the first one, but they kind of get it all right for the second the one. The Ubisoft syndrome. Yeah, yeah. Now We've got the concept. We kind of fucked it up. We'll do better next time. Now, I have a really weird uh, relationship with Dishonored because I was actually doing um, some PR work for Bethesda on the year that that came out because I was working at Eurogamer Expo. Uh, Expo. And I was uh, I was on the, the press floor, like taking people to the demo booths and getting to play it. So I actually had like quite a lot of experience with that game, and I remember being kind of quietly impressed by it, but not like overwhelmingly. Oh my god, this is this is going to be something incredible. It didn't reinvent the wheel. No, well, I don't think it was trying to do that, but it was certainly going for that stealth angle in a way that uh, like your thieves and that kind of stuff mm-hmm. had done before. Um, but I always felt that for a game that was trying to champion itself as this, oh, you can, you know, there's all these different ways of, of going through the levels and there's all these different things you can do. It still felt kind of limited. And if you tried to stray too far off the beaten path, you got fucked, basically. Um, and I don't know. I don't know if that's something that they're going to fix with this one. But I will say that, A, like visually it looks stunning. Mm-hmm. Very much has that kind of Bioshock feel about it. Um, and like just the, the kind of general set pieces and the set designs and some of the things you can do. I don't know. It looks pretty cool. But I'm going to wait and see with this one. I'll tell you what looked great was the little kind of pocket watch Thing that shot up like the little shell where you could see an alternate reality I didn't really get what was going on there where you could like jump in and out to try and get around situations so that there's like there's like dudes and you're sneaking around in the alternate reality so you can see where the dude is you jump out you kill the guy and you jump back I, like it looked crazy fucked up and like 
to me, what's impressive about that, right, is that the game, it's not the most, like, the, the visual fidelity is, is, like, it's not the most photorealistic game I've ever seen in my life. It looks good without looking blow away great. But what it is doing, like, and you could maybe, you having more programming knowledge than I do, to be able to do that seamlessly indicates to me that it's rendering both scenes at the same time, which is... That's a that's a lot of work that yeah, your console I mean, that they've managed to get the console to do. I have no idea what's going on underneath the the bonnet there. Um, I mean, there are still. But that was to me that is what it must be doing to be able to do that because in that and it was gameplay. Mm. It was jumping through and there was no hitching. There was no loading between realities. It was just you were jumping in, you were jumping out. So it must be rendering both scenes at the same time. Potentially, I mean, you remember as well that uh, Sonnet is. Uh, kind of like Doom where it's like stage levels so mm-hmm. obviously it's only got so much it has to run yeah. at one time but it, it, it doesn't look finished yet um, I still think some of that's the areas him. I think it still needs a little bit more polish but again that's one of those games where I'm going to wait and see how it reviews uh, before mm. I kind of oh yeah by no means purchase. is it a, I must pre-order this now to ensure that I have it no uh, but I'm glad that they made the sequel like I, there were positives about the first it was you know, a first-person game where it was doing something different from because basically you think first-person or you think FPS. So it was good that they went in a different direction. It's mm. just there was a few things that needed tweaking, and uh, ah, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of see what happens when it comes out. Xbox, yeah, uh, your yearly dose of all-around good bloke Phil Spencer. God, there's a lot here. There was a lot of Phil Spencer this year between the press conference and getting to see him on the Giant Bomb uh, E3 show. I really like that guy. I think I say it every time he comes he's up. A he's, a, he's a really good guy. He knows games. He's a fan of games. He's always the first guy to congratulate Sony on a big announcement. You know what I mean? He's like, he's just a good guy and I think he's the right guy to be steering that ship. He's done a lot of good PR for them where they've really needed it over the last couple yeah, of years. He has unfucked what Don Matrick fucked. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean whereas they're still losing the console race by some distance I don't think they've harboured the ill will towards the Microsoft brand that they did um, so this was the year for Microsoft of hardware hardware and uh, hey guys we're PC as well I think that's fair to say we were beaten over the head with how they're unifying the Xbox and PC platforms I love and the whole exclusive the whole, yeah. exclusive to uh, Xbox One and Windows and the whole thing was bookended on either side by hardware announcements I think we'll leave the hardware to the end Okay, we'll just get through the software announcements so Gears of War 4 is coming that looks like more Gears of War in, on a prettier console Yeah, down with that sure. having it uh, Killer Instinct adds General Ram from Gears of War All right. don't really care but right. you know there are Killer Instinct fans Forza Horizon 3, that was predictable. The pattern they do, mainline fours at Forza nice. Horizon. Looks very nice. I'm still probably, if I'm going to pick one of the two that are coming out this year, I'm a Gran Turismo guy. Yeah, I would reckon if I have to get one of the two of them. ReCore, I want that game. I want to play it bad. Uh, also, I would echo what Jim Sterling said about that. And it's like, if they have a collector's edition with that dog in it, they are going to clean up money. <laughs> uh Xbox Live, this was a thing that was kind of hard for me to follow because I don't think it's something I'd be interested in doing. Xbox Live is going to add clubs, arena, and more. So just more social components to playing games online. They're going to have a club of, like, say, for example, a club like people in in Kildare who play Overwatch. Mm-hmm. And people who play who are in Kildare, so they'll likely be gaming at roughly the same hours. 
can pop on the page go hey i'm playing a bit of overwatch thing i want to hop on with me stuff like that oh that's pretty cool people are gonna be able to host their own um tournaments and stuff it seems like within the xbox live architecture oh, that's pretty so cool. that's that's a pretty cool idea i don't think it's something i'm gonna dip into too much um but it certainly seems a more earnest attempt to do a more detailed version of what sony has done with the communities which yeah. i think communities were a great idea but they've not really done much for me like I signed up day one to a bunch of different communities and stuff like that but well, no, I mean, cause all they're worth for me now is I pop on and I have to clear four notifications about how all my communities have new posts yeah I mean like part of the problem that is it involves having to deal with other people and yeah. that's not really our strong point so. <laughs> uh, Inside the latest game from the people who brought you Limbo is oh, coming one. June yep. 29th I'll be playing that and Limbo is free for people. Limbo is now free on uh, on Xbox One and PC, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, that's it's a okay. good time. Um, Gwent, the Witcher card game, which you've already mentioned, we don't care about Gwent, is Fuck coming. Um, what I think that's going to clean up on is when it gets to tablets and phones. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of like Hearthstone, a lot of people play that on tablets. Um, here's a game that, for me, I think would be in my uh, coolest reveals of the show. We the Happy Few. This is Aldous Huxley's Brave New World, the video game. <laughs> I genuinely urge people who didn't see this trailer to go look it up. It is set in an alternate version of Britain in 1964. And it very much has that. Um, <clears throat> so like 60s and 70s British, I'd say horror, but horror might not be the right word, but that kind of unnerving type style of uh, cinematic it's, presentation. It's, like, it's very much like... Um, Bioshock had a baby with Clockwork Orange. Yep. Yep. Somewhere very, there there's something about the orange. the unsettled, and, and that's not even just a Clockwork Orange. That's kind of just Kubrick in general. Well, just to kind just, of just so you Bioshock always when you're watching Kubrick. most Kubrick films, like you just feel uneasy. At, you can't point exactly at what, yeah. but there's something making you feel very uneasy. So you're kind of it's this reality where everybody. I've read a bit more into this game and um, there's like an incident that happens, right? And everybody starts taking this drug called Joy, which yeah. presents to them for all intents and purposes, hallucinates a version of reality where everything is perfect and nobody can remember this horrible thing that happened. Um, and you play a guy who stops taking his Joy and you're you're walking around and you're interacting with a couple of people and as you come off the joy like you can tell that you're starting to get the shakes and stuff like that you can see reality is starting to get a bit fuzzy so it's starting to come back to what's actually happening you're walking down the corridor you know you see someone being threatened which is kind of weird because like it's still a very happy smiley atmosphere and you see someone getting threatened you come into the room and i think this was very very unsettling where you come in and there's a pinata uh, and you get a bat and you're to hit the pinata so everyone can eat the sweets and you hit the pinata and everybody starts eating the sweets but then you look and the baseball bat is covered in blood and your hands are covered in blood and you've heard a weird noise when you hit the pinata and then like your joy completely wears off and you see that it's like a rat or a rabbit that you're yeah, after yeah, basically yeah. bludgeoning open and they're eating all the entrails yeah. and then they realise you're off your meds and you're, they call you a downer and all of a sudden you're fleeing from the police it seems to be like a first person sort of thing because they showed a bit of combat there where you're fighting the policeman off with a pipe 
uh, I really, really fucking want to play this game and I want to play it soon. What's really interesting, uh, so there was a game that uh, was released last year called Lisa, the RPG, or the Joyful RPG. And it was this 2D pixel art style RPG. And it, it uses a drug called Joy. And it's set in this kind of Mad Max ap- apocalypse world. And they've uh, Compulsion Games have not saying that they've stolen this idea, but they have extrapolated like the core element of this game and planted it in here, and like it looks fucking incredible. Um, but when they start talking about because the drug in this game is called Joy as well, I was like, is that the same company? What's going on here? Um, that that kind of threw me off. But yeah, the whole like trailer there and the presentation was really well done. Uh, I was listening to Austin Walker on this week's Beastcast, and he was saying that the whole intro bit there is like incredible, really well put together, very uh, it's well choreographed, and like this kind of script piece. Once you actually get out into the open world, it becomes this kind of uh, it's a survival game. Isn't it's it? kind of like a procedurally generated survival game. Yeah, and he was saying that the procedurally generated parts are a little bit more clunky in that um, you can kind of tell that obviously it's like there are however many tile sets that the game has and it's just like kind of clumped one after the other. So he said that that needs a little bit more work to kind of make it a little bit more refined, a little bit more polished. But in terms of that uh, initial uh, introduction, uh, he did say that it's it's really fucking good and like from what we saw the trailer it looks really good well that's coming to Xbox One game preview and Steam early access on July 26th so it'll be interesting to keep tabs on that one for when it eventually does get actually released uh, Dead Rising 4 very entertaining uh, Christmassy themed trailer like a fucking Shane Black movie um, boy will it be embarrassing if that doesn't come out at Christmas um, but yeah that's coming Xbox One and PC shocker um, probably will play that yeah um, yeah, Dead Rising games, they don't change the world, but they seem like a lot of fun. Uh, Scalebound. Didn't know if we'd see this because it's been delayed into 2017. Um, yeah, basically, um, Devil May Cry with Dragons. Yeah. That's what it was kind of like to me. Um, like, Down to the, like, the overly quippy protagonist, it was Devil May Cry. Look, Hideki Kamiog took enough time off of Twitter to go on stage and actually give a presentation. Yeah. So that in itself is like fucking hell. Uh, sea of Thieves, the rare pirate game. Um, <sighs> Look, this now, game... you're talking about there the best of E3 and the worst of E3. When I first saw Sea of Thieves, whenever it was, um, I was like, this looks really cool. It's rare, it's bright and colourful, grand. Along come Microsoft, he gives this presentation where there's a bunch of the Sea of Thieves community, by the way. Now, let's talk about this a little bit here. The Sea of Thieves community, a community for a game that has not been released yet and is not going to be released for a while yet. Oh, come on. You're, you've read the stories about the No Man's Sky community as well. You can't be surprised by this being a thing. Death to the West. <laughs> um, well. <laughs> their idea of getting us enticed by this game is to get a bunch of jack-offs on their microphones making oh my god look at this ladder such a wacky ladder woo that really not that it, it didn't turn me off the game but it was close to doing so uh, the game nearly did a hill turn on me um, yeah what it did to me was highlight a couple of concerns well one major concern and that's that this seems like it's a game that's only going to be very fun to me if I am someone who chats online to people I don't know which I'm not nope 
or if I'm someone who knows a lot of people with an Xbox One which I'm not <laughs> um, like it'd be a lot of fun if you and the lads were all to hop on kind of like we used to do with our gang on GTA 5 and bail around in our pirate ship that would be a lot of fun but I yeah I'm kind of worried about this now following yeah. that presentation and that's not the way you want to come out with a presentation of a game you thought was cool and CFEs is one of the few games where I'm looking at thinking I would like to get an Xbox One for that but I mean I'm still like at this point confused around well do I want an Xbox One S or do I want the Project Scorpio but we'll go into that at the end Yeah. so yeah uh, State of the K2 announced the Xbox One and PC yeah, more state of the K. Whatever, that's fine. People like I, that game. I, Halo Wars 2, don't give a shit. King of February 21st. <laughs> Fuck it all. Uh, Crackdown 3, delayed to 2017 because we didn't actually see it properly in that show at all. Nope. Uh, the original Phantom Dust because... The, I don't the, know what that is. Well, the reboot of it got shit-canned. It was that one where it was getting rebooted no one knew what the fuck it was when they showed it two years ago at E3 until the very end. And then like the studio got shut down because Microsoft went in there and go, Whoa, whoa, what the fuck? This isn't 3D Realms. I've got, I've got nothing. Uh, shut them down. Uh, Dead Rising 4, this is interesting, speaking of Dead Rising 4, isn't going to stay exclusive on Microsoft platforms. It's only going to have a one-year exclusivity, kind of like the Tomb Raider games. Yeah. So it is going to come to PlayStation eventually. Eh. Uh, which is good for Dead Rising. We're going to yeah, make a lot more money that sure. way. Um, and yeah, let's talk about our hardware announcement. So at the start of the show, we have the Xbox One S which is a 40% smaller console, a very, very pretty looking machine that can have, and this is crucial because this was not, uh, we weren't really beaten over the head with how one would influence the other, starting at a price point that's cheaper than the PlayStation 4, and it can go up to a two terabyte internal hard drive. Yeah, they didn't announce any of this during the actual presentation. No, what they did, they did say in turn, they did say up to two terabytes, and they did put the price at the end. Does they it? Didn't, they didn't show See, the I, actual. I remember grade. just seeing the one price of two nine nine, but no, they did. They yeah, oh, no, they okay. did have the one price, but that's what I mean is that they didn't go into enough detail to explain that the uh, if you were to go for the two terabyte hard drive, that isn't the one that's going to cost you two ninety nine. Um, and I think as well that it doesn't come with a controller as well. Yeah, they're going full 3DS on it. 3D, 3D, 3DS, which is like, don't include a charger in the box. It, or is it just the XL? Uh, it's just the XL. Just, yeah. yeah. Fuck that noise. Just because they want the smaller box. That said, among the prettier console boxes I've ever bought in my life is the Link Between Worlds uh, 3DS XL. That is a fucking gorgeous box and a gorgeous console. Um, anyway. I still have the box somewhere, I think. Just, just couldn't bring myself to throw it out. Um so that was the, the Xbox One S. Um, in terms of what's crucial, and they didn't, they definitely didn't point this out because I remember us having discussion during this about how like it's going to be actually a PR nightmare, uh, like for E3s in future where they have to explain this is what it looks like on Xbox One, this is what it looks like on Xbox One S, and this is what it looks like on Scorpio. Yeah. They didn't point out until afterwards, kind of when the the hype had died down, that oh the games aren't going to look any different on Xbox One S like it is slightly more powerful under the hood but as Phil Spencer went on to explain when finally asked about well, it thing. it's only because well it's been three years so the stuff that will fit in the machine is better because it's been three years well this is the thing that's not something you can really do over a presentation it's where you're in a sit down interview and you can kind of go through or when people go hold on what the fuck here is it you're trying to pass off like this is going to perform better hold on motherfucker yeah. Uh, so yeah it's not going to perform any better um, it's is there anything else about it uh, I think like I was thinking about the connect as well uh, basically what the oh the connect yeah the connect port is gone yeah, you're going to have to get a USB adapter so that would be 50 Xbox quid I think they got what the Xbox One S is 
is everything they should have released the first time yeah a machine that isn't fucking the size of a planet uh, a machine that doesn't care about the Xbox it's not an all in one entertainment unit it's a fucking games console yeah um, so yeah that looks cool but again I think someone was it Brian someone looked up how much the 2 terabyte one costs and that's going to cost like about 500 quid yeah <laughs> which is actually I think more than a Playstation 1 plus a 2 terabyte hard drive that you can fit in yourself will cost yeah yeah. because like that 2 terabyte hard drive I have costs less than 100 euro uh-huh. fuck's sake like it was you also got you got to factor in the manpower of like not everyone is going to know how to switch out a hard drive or not everyone's going to know to google the giant bomb video of them doing it with a set of knives yeah. uh, no, but let's... then yeah the other side of things was then kind of because it had leaked and they felt that they had to even though I would disagree with that that they had to they had a sort of trailer for Project Scorpio mm-hmm. um, which is going to be the most powerful console they say ever made six teraflops of power in that bad boy look alright I played an Atari Jaguar back in the day uh, Alright. Just saying. And the fucking Philips CDI. No. Um, um, before before I, I shoot off to you, I wanna lead lead the discussion with this point and that I think that from a marketing standpoint, to have announced two different consoles in the one family without making everything one hundred percent clear might have been what I would like to call dumb. <laughs> I would call it doing a Sega. Yeah. Now, Microsoft have a lot more money than Sega. Yes. Have, they can take a bigger have. hit if this doesn't work out for them. Yeah. But the principle still lies here. Do you, do you know what the death knell of the Dreamcast was other than the PlayStation 2 having Metal Gear Solid 2 being the most anticipated game of all time? Uh, the problem with the Dreamcast is that during the mid-90s, Sega went a bit mental. And you had the Saturn at E3. Even better than that. Well, yeah. I mean, geez. So you had the Mega Drive, then you had the Sega CD and the 32X, and then the Sega CD 32X. And then while that shit show was going on, uh, the, they had the Saturn. And there was actually going to be, I think it was called the Neptune in between, which was going to be a kind of combined 32X CD Mega Drive all in one. But that got shit canned because they realised we've got too many fucking consoles going on here. And then while the Sega Saturn was out, already before that even had a chance to fully grow they're like oh Dreamcast's coming out oh my god now this isn't as bad as that um, because A Microsoft aren't the only ones doing this here you know it's not been announced yet but you know we know that the Playstation Neo is a thing that's being worked on I don't know how much of this is basically Microsoft wanting to get their thing out there before Sony announced anything properly just to say look oh look what we're doing oh it kind of feels like that to me. And I only say that because it's I, I can't understand why you would I announce think, two consoles. Well, I think part of the motivation for them to mention something about Scorpio is that I suspect they thought PS4 were going to shoot out with the Neo. That was the other thing as well. And yeah. therefore they'd be like, oh, here's a slimmer version of the same console. Then a few hours later, Sony go, here's a much better console. Yeah. And I think maybe that fear might have stoked their fire to jump the gun. But to me, I think this might cannibalize one or the other of these consoles. Oh, I totally. don't know which one. Totally. Now, I understand it. their message, which they did not get out well enough, is that for your average everyday gamer, get your Xbox One S if you don't already have one. Mm. You know? 
it's a smaller console. It's it does the same thing the big Xbox One does, but it looks prettier. You're not going to miss out on anything. All the Xbox One games are going to play on it. That's fine for you. But for people who, and there are those people who will just buy the new Xbox when it comes out, they've lost all that money because now it's like what we've said is, oh, we've a new console coming out. You should buy that. But also a year from now, we've another one coming out. You should buy that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that confuses the message. Like, I think what you need to do is if you're going to do a slim, let the slim out either after the Xbox One Scorpio so that you can go, well, if you don't like 4K streaming, we're going to drop the price of the Xbox discontinue the original model and here's your new slim model we didn't get a price for the Scorpio did we it was just a little no no because I don't think they know themselves no it was just I think like they really like they I think they really just went we need to fucking say something because what as it turns out they didn't like hindsight is 2020 and all that yeah what it looks like we're going to end up here and I imagine it will be the same with the Neo as well is that the Neo and the Scorpio whatever the fuck they're called uh, it's going to be like, you know, you have your high-end gourmet piece of chocolate fudge cake. This is your, like, your origin gaming PC, yeah. is what your Scorpio is. And, like, your, kind of, your Xbox One S is going to be your ho- your normal home PC, and your uh, standard, bog-standard Xbox One is going to be your laptop. You know what I mean? In terms of, like, yeah. you're getting slightly better each time, but the money is going up and up and up. And it's it's kind of like... Sony and Microsoft and all these companies at the moment, they're thinking like fucking 10 years ahead of us because they're on about the VR and the 4K. And we're just not in a position where, certainly for 4K more than anything else. Like, Well, this is the thing, is that to buy the Xbox One Scorpio, we don't know a price point for that yet. I would hazard a guess at five to $600. Yeah. Now, that is for the console. Bear in mind, and Phil Spencer has confirmed this, but anybody who knows a fucking thing about tech will tell you this. There is no point in buying a 4K ready box if your TV is not 4K. Oh, exactly. So you're tacking on like just under because the TV, the prices now, I will say one thing is that the prices, we're getting to that tipping point with 4K where the prices are starting to come down into more manageable ranges. Yeah. That said, you're probably still playing, paying just a shade under a grand for a proper like decent size like we have a 40 inch screen here something like that size of a 4k yeah. tv because even still at the moment so, like half the tvs like 4k tvs all they're doing is they're just up it's not an actual yeah like, they're upscaling because yeah, not a yeah. lot of things that will be feeding into 4k tvs are 4k yeah so like if you're gonna get a tv that not is pure kind of fucking 4k mm-hmm. and then and your xbox one it's, it's an astronomical amount of money not only that but then you've got to consider the fact that well they said that all discs like an Xbox One disc is going to work on all three consoles so really then is the Xbox Scorpio just up those games mm-hmm. is it going to be a case where you put in the disc and it downloads whatever it needs to upgrade and how fucking big are those files going to be yeah. there's a lot of questions about this and I really think they could have benefited from saying holding their fucking tongue on Scorpio for this year doing the slim making money off it now next year some people might have said ah oh, bullshit you know they're capitalising on us they only released a console last year and then they're releasing another one but I think they also would have had a year to really think about their message and really think about the best way to look at Scorpio as the like you said the gourmet the kind of the the console connoisseur a way to make that message sound uh, but what they've actually done here is I think they've rushed and botched it a little um, now you know I think I think the thing is I don't think people would have thought it was half as rushed or would have had as much to criticise about it um, if it wasn't for what happens then with Sony because I think 
I wouldn't say this is this what they did with these two consoles in one conference was reasonable, but I would say it looks a hell of a lot more reasonable if Sony had announced the Neo and the Neo had been weaker yeah. than the Xbox One. But the interesting thing uh, actually is that while I think this has been a, a bit of a disaster, it doesn't seem to be overall that the general perception isn't that this was like some massive fucking disaster. On the part no, of after twenty thirteen, they would have to make do some fucking job to. Yeah, I think everyone's just like. What? Well, that's weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's like, what? Yeah. what, what, what? Yeah. I, everyone just seems to be more confused than anything else. Yeah. Which in some ways Which is it, worse. Yeah, but that's not what you want to... You don't want to confuse the consumer. No. The other thing is, like, as well, you got to think about next year when moms are going in to buy an Xbox for their kid for Christmas. Oh, dude. Like, you know what I mean? This, we can barely understand the message and we know what we're talking about. It's also bad that as well that you've got the Xbox One S and this is Project Scorpio... So it's like, but oh, presumably that's going to be called, yeah, that's going to be called Xbox One Scorpio, Xbox One S. Do you or, know, you know what'd be really bad is if they called it the Xbox One SS. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's, I guess I I I understood <laughs> what you were doing there. I studied history, don't you know? Um, no. Um, Can we just go into Ubisoft now? No, but I want to talk about just one thing. I want to mention because it doesn't come up in Sony's press conference is that what I think this has done is given Sony a tremendous opportunity. To hold off on the Neo announcement. Oh, good, yeah. And now that they know, because they've out, Xbox have out and out said what the specs of this thing is, they have a chance to go back to the drawing board if they want to make it more powerful than Scorpio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The ball is I mean? so in there. They have shown their hand, and it's up to Xbox One, uh, it's up, sorry, it's up to Sony. How desperate do they want to get Neo to the market? Yeah. Now, it could depend on, like, because Sony is multifaceted, they're into TVs and shit like this. It could depend on how desperately they want a 4K box out there, how much they think they need to capitalize on the 4K market while it's still a thing. That's interesting. If they can hold off and make this more powerful than the Scorpio, then this is like this, then in hindsight, will become an even worse botch on Microsoft's part. But that remains to be seen. It's very interesting from an inside baseball point of view what they've done here. Ubisoft, a press conference so long, some say it's still happening. Days later fucking hell right someone pointed this out right xbox microsoft had about twice as many games to announce as ubisoft and did it in about half the time well look let's be honest how did this it went on for two jesus hours fucking watchdogs 2 took up most of that fucking thing here's the thing like here's what i think dragged on ubisoft so much i don't think any game in isolation was bad right I think Just, the Watch Dogs 2 trailer wasn't great, but no, no, well, but, the no, part of it. but here's the thing, right? I think what it is, is that everything went on too long. Mm-hmm. If you had shown like a sizzle reel of uh, Watch Dogs 2, it's like basically the action without the waiting in between parts. Uh, like there's a part where you're on the phone and you're basically just standing still there's a part where he's moving across on a platform and just standing still for a good 20 yeah. seconds there's different parts like that and bookending that is two different trailers yeah. which is something that keeps happening throughout Ubisoft there's like trailer gameplay trailer and it's like if you condense that down to like maybe a sizzle reel of about a minute's worth of gameplay and then a trailer or a gameplay trailer that's two minutes long I want one I think. Yellow. And you finish that, like, if that press conference had been a tight hour, mm-hmm. I think people would have been like, fucking yeah, man. Yeah. Because I don't think, like, if you look at it, like, every single problem with that Ubi press conference, apart from the fact that the very last game they announced, I could give a shite about. Um, I don't think anything there was objectively bad where you think, like, oh, fuck, this game looks terrible. What it is is, wow, this has gone on 
way too long. And it has taken a game where at the start I was in. I was in for it. And I'm just like, fuck, I'm really bored but, now. Because, like, the thing about video games is that a lot of them aren't great for the spectator. That's why you've got to show set pieces in these things. And it's is because, like, video games are not, like... There's one thing to be said for watching, like, say, us streaming, where we're talking over and we're having the banter and stuff like that, and it's more about you're tuning in for the personalities or you're tuning in for a review of the game. That's one thing. But actually, watching video gameplay with no commentary on it can be fucking boring. And it's not only just that. Like, they had the interview with Trey Parker and Matt Stone. That was good. It was that was the only That was the only part that went on ages that I wasn't utterly sick of. But at the same time, it's like... This is not necessary. No, it's not necessary because, like, I think everyone is so... Like, I fucking pre-ordered that game. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? All they had to show me was that trailer for all they the had to Fractured Butthole. All they had to do was show the trailer. But I'll tell you that, I would much rather... I would have much rather that Trey Parker and Matt Stone were out there for another 20 minutes and them cutting all the other games back by yeah. a couple of minutes each. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Well, no, like, it... it was... Even though it went on for a while and you could argue it wasn't really that necessary... It was entertaining while it was there. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like Matt and Trey really broke things up. Um, another thing before we get into more games is, by God, is Aisha Tyler too good for these people? Yep. I would have gone off the deep end if she hadn't been there. <laughs> she is fantastic. She and I think someone made this point as well over the weekend on Twitter is that like more press conferences should have these people who are good at doing this. Yeah, she is There are the, very few people as good as her, but they should have people like this. She is the only thing that keeps the garbage fire together. Because yeah. you have to remember, here's the key thing. Um, a lot of people that work in games development, and certainly when they have the kind of people actually developing the games go up on stage, yeah. they make games. They're not made yeah. to go up on stage and fucking very, talk to people. Very few people are like a, a magnetic personality or at least someone that you want to hear talk in case they yeah. say something crazy. How many fucking... Not everyone is Kojima. Yeah. Not everyone is Cliffy B. Exactly, right? Do you know what I mean? Not everybody's going to be out there taking pot shots at other games and no. stuff like that. Most of them are programmers who are, you know, there's a reason that they're in their bedrooms a lot when they were younger yeah, making yeah. fucking C-sharp programs. Anyway. They're not professional entertainment uh, entities. No. Anyway, yeah. Ghost Recon Wildlands can give a fuck about whatever. Looks good. I, I'm not going to play it, but like, looks like a good game. It looks like a good Ghost Recon game. David Scammon will like it. Good for him. Yeah. Uh, South Park, The Fractured Butthole. I'm, I'm having this. I'm having every bit of it. So, so we've had this conversation because you never played uh, The Stick of Truth. And yet one thing that sold me on this game, by the way, is that if you pre-order and like pay immediately when you're doing the pre-order yeah. for the game digitally, you get a digital copy of the first one for PS4 which is incredible and I'll tell you right now Stick of Truth is like a top 10 game of the last generation for me alright woof and you don't really like and that is sort of it's a pastiche of them but it is sort of a fantasy RPG kind of yeah yeah kind of yeah but that's what it is riffing on do you know what I mean it's it's Game of Thrones Lord of the Rings It's that's what it's fucking that's it's bread and butter for what it's riffing on. I mean, we're clutching a straw. Well, in as much as a South Park episode about, like, yeah, Guitar yeah, Hero is about sure. Guitar Hero, you know, that kind of thing. But, like, um, yeah. Like, whereas they were doing, like we said, the fantasy RPG stuff with the first game, this is their Marvel game. Yeah. And God fucking damn it. I, this is, like, one of the times where there was a thing that was supposed to be funny where I actually was laughing at it during E3. There was a lot of moments where I wasn't. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of people that are very much over South Park now, and I kind of... I'm over the show. I dip in and out still, um, but, like, the game was the first thing that kind of... The the first game really drew me back into that world. 
uh, and I can very much see this being the same thing. So yeah, yeah there's some that. just some absolutely great, great uh, Marvel references in there. There's like um, there's like if you if you freeze frame on that board that they have in the background where they're planning the phase one, phase two, and phase three of their cinematic universe to stuff like Kenny Netflix series, and uh, there's one like in phase three, sneak in a chick. Something like that, which is ah, it's, it's really, really good. Uh, looking forward to that. That's out uh, around Christmas time. There, thereabouts. It's uh, Q4 anyway this year. Um, Eagle flight. Don't really care. I don't even remember what that is. Uh, that's the one where they had uh, Palmer Lucky. Um, I was nearly going to say Palmer Cannon. Do you remember Palmer Cannon? Do you remember Lucky Cannon? <laughs> uh, Palmer Lucky and a couple of years. The VR one where you're eagles and you're attacking each other. Oh, the, yeah, that, that looked really like that, that's, that looked that's like me a, in VR. I don't really care. <laughs> that looked like a fucking demo project I would have seen at my university back in yeah. 2007. Uh, Star Trek Bridge Crew. I don't really care about Star Trek, but uh, a lot of Star Trek people on Twitter were excited about it. So fucking more power to them. That what that I think that was the one trailer that didn't go on way too long. Good. It actually did one trailer and then pff, done. Uh, For Honor. Uh, I can't even remember which one that was. As that's well. the one that's like I said was like deadliest warrior the video game. Deadliest Warrior, this old Bravo show that had like, you, you know, know, what who would win hypothetically between two of history's you great know, I'm fighters. I'm just looking at um, the list of, for Ubisoft here now. What seems to have happened is South Park ended and then I just shut off again until we got yeah. to like South Watch Park Dogs. was the point where it fell off. Uh, Watch Dogs was first. Or no, it was after Ghost Recon, wasn't it? Uh, no, Watch Dogs was like... For Honor was last, anyway. Was it? Yeah, For oh, Honor Oh, this was is not last. an order then. Either way, I switched off for quite a yeah. lot of this. Um, grow Up... You're having that. Now, I... Okay, um, so Grow Home is uh, a, just a really, really good video game. It's only a couple of hours long. Uh, I have had a lot of fun playing that. I didn't think we'd be seeing a sequel to it. I, I mean, I don't know how that did kind of uh, financially for Ubisoft. or Apparently fine. But apparently fine that they wanted to green light and make another one. Um, I really want to get in contact with these guys at some point, but I mean, I, I don't know how much their stock would have risen now that they'd even want to fucking contact me because mm. uh, I'd love to talk to them to find out like how they went about making Grow Home um, and I really want to know kind of more about Grow Up. I'm really excited about that. That is actually more more than like most things at E3. That has me mm. psyched. Uh, Trials of the Blood Dragon. How nuts was that announcement? Nuts. A Trials also. game in the Blood Dragon universe. And apparently it's not very good. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Yeah. Oh, well. Um... Watch Dogs 2, again, it went on too long. It uh, looks a lot better than Watch Dogs 1. Um, I'm hoping it has Assassin's Creed 2 Syndrome where they've actually finally figured out how to play that game. Watch Dogs 2, for me, is the Roman Reigns of the video game landscape. Huh. Again, it's I a wait and see. I'm going, to, yeah, I'm going to see how it's reviewed when it comes out. I'm yeah, not pre-ordering uh, it. Uh, and it does have, again, much like the first Watch Dogs, it does have a billion pre-order editions. Yeah. But some of the, like, if you had just shown, do you know that bit where he's actually in the flat doing all the stuff? Yeah. That's pretty cool. Sure, whatever. That was pretty cool. Yeah. I like that. If you hadn't shown, like, the, it takes him half an hour to get across and, like, the cranes and shit. I'll tell you this right now, uh, and this is harkening on the uh, the Twitter backlash and YouTube backlash that always exists with anything like this. Uh, of the problems that I have with this game, the colour of the character is not one of those issues. Yeah. Because you're a reasonable person. Yeah, I know. Uh, they finished off actually this is what they finished off with my apologies not for honour they finished off with Steep yeah Steep looks eh. I mean I look hey snow looks pretty I fucking love me a good snowboarding game yeah that's basically what it is it's snowboarding and skiing now, video game now if it has if it controls and feels like an SSX game um, 
I will at least entertain the idea of it. But it's going to have to go some way. Um, like, I, I'm disappointed that... Uh, I'm trying to think... That you have to ski past a flag to unlock part of the map. Yeah, I mean, the, the last SSS game was, I think, like, three years ago now. Um, I'm disappointed that we haven't had anything since. I can't remember how that game did for like, I think it did okay. This looks... I don't know. I'll wait and see more about it, but, like, it was a very random thing for Ubisoft to end on. Hmm. But I'm not going to complain about that because, again, I mean, I fucking loved SSX. I really, really like snowboarding games. More than I actually realised. Snowboarding games or that, that kind of style of game and rally games are the two games that, when something comes along, I go, fuck yeah, I could really go for one of those games. But then I never really think about the fact that I do really like those kind of games. So. Um, and then the one thing that made some people upset is no Beyond Good and Evil 2. Look, Although Ubisoft said it's still a coming. It's the new Last Guardian. Yeah, All right. Um, I really oh, hope those Half people Life get their Life Beyond Good and Evil 2. I really hope they do. Beyond Good and Evil 2 um, Half-Life 3. Sony. Sony did things different this year. New theatre. Jesus, there's a lot here. Yeah, new theatre. Um, an orchestra, which was awesome. I thought the orchestra were... I oh, see, you were... This was the thing. You were asleep for most of this live. I mean, I came back and watched this. Yeah, the orchestra was really good. If I, I thought, pre-order it, any of these games, do they come with the orchestra? I hope so. And it was Bear McCreary who did it, who I think is best known to a lot of people at the moment. I'm pretty sure that he does all the original music for The Walking Dead. Oh, pretty enough. sure that's where I recognise that name from, but he's done a lot of stuff. Mm. Look up that name. But yeah, he led the orchestra and there was a lot of really cool stuff. Um, the vibe, as you mentioned earlier on, of the Sony presser was fucking games, man. There's a lot In the here. entire time... Three people came up to speak. Uh, Sean Layden came up to speak a couple of times. Andy House came up and spoke once. And another person, who we will get to, mm. came up and spoke. Um, other than that, it was game after game after game after game after game. There was no trying to sell us any hardware. Yeah. There was no... The Vita wasn't mentioned once. And I think that is one of my predictions came true, that it would be the all-time shortest Vita sizzle reel. And it was at zero seconds. Yeah. Those people who are still out on Greg Miller's Vita Island, you're sinking. You're sinking fast. Look, I mean, I I still have my Vita. I boot it up every now and again. It's go, a wonderful handheld. I boot it up every now and again to go, oh yeah, this is a Vita. Yeah. And then I turn it off again. It's a wonderful handheld. It's very well made. Yeah. Uh, and there's some really cool, like, uh, I, that's my console of choice to play, like, Fez and Shovel Knight and stuff. I, I keep saying that um, I played Shovel Knight on my Wii U, the actual tablet. Oh, yeah. Good time on there. Yeah. I keep saying, That's like my little indie machine. That's what I, the Vita is. I keep saying that I will fucking finish Final Fantasy VI on that fucking thing because I finished. I played Final Fantasy VII on that fucking thing because I originally tried to play Final Fantasy VII on my PS3 and I couldn't sit there and just like bash through a couple of hours. I needed to play like half an hour, just press pause <laughs> or press the power button, go do something else, come back. Uh, yeah, it's. <sighs> Sony and the Vita, it's a weird relationship. Mm. Uh, first trailer opens with a kid wandering around in the snow and he comes in and his uh, his father is sitting in the shadows and says something like we need to go get dinner because I am hungry he figure steps out of the shadows it's Kratos it's God of War 4 or God of 4 or as it's, it seems to be just being retitled as God of War now uh, in key Norse things, mythology yeah key things about this is right so it's Norse mythology now so he has a kid and he's gone uh, to fucking wreak havoc on the Norse gods now uh, some of the things that are uh, worth noting about this is yes the Norse mythology element to it all uh, the fact that he doesn't have the his weapons from the original game he now has a big fuck off axe of doom which looks cool as mm-hmm. shit um, 
Kratos himself with his beard looking older looks pretty great. Um, the style of game seems to have changed to a third person over the shoulder sort of um, Last of Us with anger sort of yeah. thing. Well, here's the thing. I'll, I'll, I'll shorten this down to I don't care about God of War. Never really enjoyed the game. Same. But what they've done here, fair fucks to them. They've yeah. clearly gone, right, we need to change this up a little bit. This isn't working anymore. People where, are getting tired. And you're seeing this with some of these games where they have a good number of games in the series where, like, with Resident or Evil. Or one, like, with Prey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> where, like, Capcom have gone, okay, we clearly need to do something with Resident Evil because this is We need to do a anymore. course correction. Yeah. Do you know what, what game really needs to do that? Do it's tell. It's Halo. Yeah. Halo 5 is fun, but I think it's the last one of those games where people aren't yeah. going to get real mad. Uh, but fair fucks to Sony here. They've clearly gone, okay, we need to... It has done, for the first time in that entire franchise, it has it has given me some interest. Yeah. I, I'm not going to say I'm going to be first in the shop to buy it, but I kind of want to play it. I, I do I kind of yeah. want to play it like him wailing on the dude against the rock and like punching his head off uh, him just fucking bombing the axe at the the massive dude mm-hmm. um, the apparently what people have noticed from the like the the demos they were showing at the Sony booth and stuff like that is that there's basically almost one to one representation of the wounds you put on things in it where like pretty much wherever you strike the axe you will see the wound Um that is pretty cool. That, my friend, that is immersion. Yeah, in a just. Mm. Um, yeah, and it's just being called God of War Reboot. Uh, I'm wondering, like, I, I don't know if that's... I'd be interested to see how long the kid stays with you in the game. I think it's an interesting angle. Like, does it give you the kind of... Are they trying to go for... Trying to actually give Kratos a bit of death because, like, his whole thing to now is that he's just angry? A very interesting thing that I think shows that they're self-aware of how people criticise that he has just one emotion is that moment where he starts to freak out and you see his rage meter from the old game start to go up and then he collects himself and it goes back down again. I think maybe that might be a tacit acknowledgement that, like, this game has more to it than angry guy punches stuff. But also, it has an angry guy punching stuff in it, if that's what you like. I, I'm hoping there is like an anger meter and a zen meter. Yeah, it has real, well, I will say to it, more so than the other one. Because the other the other games felt just like uh, a kind of arcadey and not in a good way, quick time fucking shit. That's pretty um, much, yeah. The punches and the weapon throws had crunch to them in this, had a weight to them. Yeah. Uh, that I think is going to feel real good when you have the jewel shop in your hands doing that. So that's an interesting thing. Um, we got one of my predictions came through we got our day and date for uh, Last Guardian that game is actually coming out yeah so I've been October 25th the same week as Titanfall 2 I've been listening to a lot of podcasts this week and a lot of recaps and reviews from E3 from a whole bunch of different people Mm -hmm. and there seems to be one general consensus is that Last Guardian very much feels like a game that is 10 years old and that the uh, the way that their game controls uh, like a lot of people have gone back to Shadow of Colossus and gone yeah Shadow of Colossus is really good but fuck does that game feel as old as it is because the controls feel like antiquated yeah, at this I point I go even more so and uh, and yeah I'm I go Jeff have you gone back to Ico I did about two or three years ago doesn't it doesn't really hold up that well so well, we'll see what happens but yeah look put it not... this way like it's one of those things like do drink forever where it's never it's it's at the point now it's where not I, I, yeah, but no but what I mean is like no matter what that game does I don't think it's going to review great because I think a lot of people can't separate 
I'm not saying us. I'm saying a lot of people can't separate the game that they've been building up in their heads. It's kind of like the No Man's Sky problem. It's like, how does the game live up to that? I'm not making excuses for the game in any respect, but I'm waiting to see what it plays like. I'm going to watch gameplay of it rather than actually read about it. I think Duke Nukem Forever rated badly for different reasons. No, but do, but do you know what I mean? Like, even if Duke Nukem had come out and been good, which it didn't. Yeah, no, I, I think... Um, but you know, it's the No Man's Sky problem, is that No Man's Sky is built up now. It's probably the better example. That No Man's Sky is built up that I yeah, know yeah, people yeah. are going to be mad and I know people uh, are going to be out to take that thing I'm down. I'm telling you right now, like, when No Man's Sky is released, I'm shutting off the internet for a week because that's just going to be... Yeah. A fucking garbage fire of... Yeah. Epic no Man's Sky, which did not show up. No, which is... It doesn't need good. to. It doesn't need to. Um, nah. No, we, we don't need to talk about No Man's Sky. No Man's Sky. We don't need to talk about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, Horizon Zero Dawn. Holy shit. Holy shit. I want that game. I want it now. Yeah. Tell me who I have to kill. <laughs> Tell me who I have to blow at Gorilla to get an early code for that game. Holy shit. Everything I have ever seen from that game says... Fuck! That game looks so good. It's going to be very interesting, like when that comes out, and and if that's as good as it looks, you know, you got an early contender there for what could be game of the year. Uh, yeah, I'm so sad we're not getting until was it February next year? Yeah, February 28th next year. Yep. That's a fucking. Well, I'm really looking forward to that. You need to look it up, guys. Uh, there's some really good stuff in there, like um, some of the the destruction physics in there. Like there's a bit where the corrupted uh, robot destroys a shack, and you can see the individual planks flying through the air and the dust and stuff like yeah. that. The particle physics just... are fantastic. Um, the there's a part where it shows a new weapon where you use this kind of staff to corrupt. Uh, I don't know if corrupt is the right word because I'm not really massively familiar with the language they use in that game but basically to turn one of the robots into a mount for you and you can see the actual mechanisms within the robot creature change which is fascinating um one thing that's interesting to me that came out uh that i don't know if you have you read much about the people that went to play this because it was playable behind closed doors no okay so one of the things that to me is very interesting about this game uh, in terms of the narrative for it is that apparently no one knows anymore where these robots came from because it's been it's set a thousand years after whatever happened that these robots are now kind of like um, dominant and hostile apparently there was a while where the robots were there and they weren't very hostile but then something happened okay and they're very hostile so I imagine that this game, which is probably going to be part of a series with a name like Horizon Zero Dawn, um, is going to be about you figuring out what it was that happened. Yeah, it's just it's fascinating to see that the, the people behind Killzone like made this. You know, yeah, Killzone, which is like a perfectly functional and at times like um, particularly Shadowfall, I think very gorgeous mm. um, game, but still very much bog standard, not reinventing the wheel, first person yeah. shooter game. Also, this game looks very ambitious and this game looks very expensive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's it's great to see them, um, d- what looks like they're like, uh, people who played it behind closed doors say like, they will be stunned if they manage to fuck it up between now and then to the extent where it doesn't come out and be everything we want it to be. Yeah. People are very, very impressed. Um, Kingdom Hearts 2.8, it gives you... There's also, is, there's also a lot of talk that there's going to be a Kingdom Hearts collection coming to PS4. That is potentially one of the worst names for a game I've ever heard. Yeah, I don't really care about it. Um, let's see, what else have we got here? 
There's a lot of stuff. Uh, Days Gone. What did you think of Days Gone? This is the Sony Ben game that we thought was called Dead Don't Ride. That we saw that well, patent going out. Look. It's a zombie game. People got excited at first because something about the narrative made a lot of people think it was the Naughty Dog game that's coming. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, it's I, not I liked, that. I, I did like the trailer. Uh, I thought it had a, a good sense of tension to it. Mm. It is another zombie game. Now, even yeah. with, you know, like, you showing me Dying Light and me seeing, okay, the, this... For me now, I think that might be the high watermark for standard zombie games. I'm not counting Last of Us as a standard zombie game. No, no I, even I will say that that's doing something different. Yeah. Um, it, it looks okay, but it's just a little fucking zombie game. It, it's, you know? what it's, what's cool about it is, like, the sheer volume of zombies. Yeah, like that. That bit is truly horrifying. Where like you are shooting an assault rifle into this, uh, you can only describe it as a swarm of zombies, yeah. and they're still coming. It felt very much more like a tech demo to say, "Look how many people we can get on screen at once." Yeah, time. and this yeah. is the thing. So one point today, looking back at that trailer, that it's going to be interesting to see how that looks in the final game, because there are hints in that trailer that uh, to ease distress on the console that uh, when they were rendering this, uh, they turned off the AI. Yeah. Because apparently you can see a couple of zombies run clean past you. <laughs> um, so they wonder, like, are there going to be half as many zombies or is it all going to get fucked when they turn the AI back on? Yeah, there, there's probably... Uh, there'll be some trick they'll try and, and pull up on that one. Yeah. Um, but that's what Sony Bend have been doing. At least we finally fucking know what they've been. They've been quiet for several years now. Um, what else have we got? Uh, Detroit Become Human. Um... The new David Gage game. That was the one thing I didn't actually see anything of. You need to look at that. That is basically what he has basically done here is he has made Blade Runner. I mean, I saw like the original announcement of it, so I know yeah. like what... Oh no, this is like, it, this is completely... We should watch this after this. Like, okay. I, I'd really be interested to see what you think. But okay. this is like... um proper like you know the way uh, we thought Heavy Rain had a lot of different uh, diverging paths and mm. multiple kind of opportunities in every situation yeah. shits on this or no, this shits on it should I say um, be very very interested to see how that game comes out I'm going to play it because bad or good I enjoy David Cage well I mean like I mean I've only ever watched Blade Runner once and I don't have particularly have any reverence for that film <sighs> I'm so good. I'm more. I'm the person that I enjoy everything that was influenced by Blade Runner. Yeah. Okay. Cowboy Bebop. But uh, if this, uh, you know, I didn't hate Heavy Rain. Uh, some of its choices in what it does, and it's like Cage and Kojima are my two people where I don't necessarily you like... respect them, but you don't get it. No, no, no. no, 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 no you don't get it. That that implies it doesn't like what it is. They're not for you, but. You they, can respect that they're doing something weird and different. They make particular design choices that I would be uh, against, shall we yeah. say. Design and narrative. But I appreciate the fact that they do things that no one else in the industry is doing. So, yeah, yeah I'm I'm on board to see more of that. Uh, there was a Gran Turismo E3 trailer, uh, not during the conference, I don't think. Uh, no, but we've, yeah. we've spoken about Gran Turismo. Yeah, we, we've known that's coming. Uh, there's a, there was a lot of PlayStation VR um, Farpoint, which looks like an actual, they're trying to make a game Can, rather than just a VR experience. It doesn't look great, but at least I think that's what uh, a lot of people have said there's that VR is going to catch on when it's not like hour or two hour long experiences that people are actually making fucking games. Can I sleep the next 10 minutes while you talk about VR? I'm going to snap through this very quickly because okay. I don't really care either. Um, Batman, Arkham VR. 
when that was announced, I was like, well, this is interesting. And then, and then I heard about what it is. Not so much. Uh, no. Uh, it's basically like, it's an hour long. Yeah. And it's basically like doing one of those crime scene things from the from look, Arkham. So I, I will... And look, oh, you're talking about the guy who usually yeah. has the Batman blinkers on. I'm like, eh. I'll shut all this down. All of this VR stuff here is either just tech demos or people just saying, look, here's some interesting shit that we're doing in VR. Yeah. None of this is actually, here is a game in VR. All right? Yeah. Um, and then the other thing. So last year, people who may have been um, paying attention to the names and the reviews of different closed doors uh, uh, PSVR demos may have heard about this thing called Kitchen, which is a very tense and very horrifying little experience mm-hmm. that was very reminiscent of something that's very close to my heart, and that's PT. Mm-hmm. So a trailer aired uh, during the E3 conference that says we started with before Kitchen. And it all blinked out. And you're walking around this house. And it's very creepy. And it's very unsettling. And a lot of people. I was looking at Twitter at the time. There's a lot of people who in hindsight have said. I fucking knew what it was the whole time. <laughs> Bullshit. Some people did. Very, like a few people did. Yeah. But I definitely think that no one at the time. When they played Kitchen twigged that this is what it was. And most people during this trailer. Until the very end didn't get what it was. Um. This trailer had atmosphere. This trailer had uh, immersion. And I'm not just speaking in the the VR component. Because once we talk about this a little more. We'll talk about the VR component to it. Um, It had atmosphere. It had a good feeling to it. Um, It had horror. And then the absolute fucking um, gut punch that comes at the end of it. Is that it was a trailer for Resident Evil 7. Mm Mm-hmm. And the bit that made me geek out possibly the most about it was that it's called Resident Evil 7 Biohazard. Yeah. That was actually one of the things uh, uh, Angry Video Game Nerd that was one of the games he brought up. I'll tell you what this reminded me of. Um, do you remember what Resident Evil 4 was originally going to be? Vaguely. This is a long, long time ago. So the original trailer that they showed for Resident Evil 4 was nothing like what it yeah. actually was. It was like in a ghost house in a mansion. Resident Evil 4. Uh, okay absolutely fucking terrifying so terrifying yeah. that they went uh, we can't do this no we have to make this more action oriented well it's kind of like was it with the Silent Hill game there was a Silent Hill game uh, the Silent Hill 5 which was being worked on which did like detailed kind of like it, do you know what it reminded me of uh, even though it was never seen was do you remember the way Until Dawn every so often checked in and did like ink block tests on you yeah uh, oh no you, I, well you might have heard of this I forgot no, I, was, I, thought, I was playing with Brian yeah, that they do this and they tweak the game to try and horrify you more as it goes along yeah uh, Silent Hill 5 apparently when it was being done was like being structured that they did like detailed tests on you beforehand you answered a series of questions and they tweaked the game to, to get inside your head better and apparently that was so horrifying they completely rethought it and ended up as like fucking downpour or one mm. of those awful games Um. yeah I am cautiously optimistic about this the caution comes from apparently now you're able to play through the whole thing in VR which is why it was part of the VR announcement apparently the VR is garbage because there's head bob in it that completely does the mind body separation thing uh-huh. so that you're like it, it's just weird um, I'm also cautious because I'm afraid that they're just going to go people like PT let's do PT well that's the thing right because yeah. horror horror games at this moment um, 
are very much in this kind of vessel of VR, PT, Five Nights at Freddy, Jump Scare, Spooky House kind of I wouldn't... uh, This is maybe me being a consumer snob. I wouldn't put PT because PT has one jump scare. No, no, but it's that kind of... There's They're less... thinking about people streaming it on YouTube. There's less focus on combat, and it's very much just yeah, walking simulator, quote unquote. Yeah, yeah, I'll give it to you in that. Yeah, yeah, they're all kind of the same in that way. Well, at least PT was. We don't know what Silent Hills would have been, <laughs> and we never will. Yeah. Um, and so obviously, oh, really? it, uh, yeah. and Resi, hey, Death Stranding, uh, Resi Evil Seven, yeah, very much seems to be following that path because that's kind of the in yeah. thing at the moment, and yeah. you're not fine because Resident Evil at this point needs to do something different. Yeah, and it needs to do something different, but it also needs to return to what made the series great, and that is horror. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like they were getting far too into action and you know gunplay oriented shit. They need to reel it back and go into proper fucking shit your pants horror, and I'm absolutely down with all of that. And you can have fun with that. Yeah. With you sitting beside me and you watching. Can fuck right off. <laughs> uh, Gravity Rush 2 was announced over E3 weekend as well. Not part of the conference, yeah, but I, I, people, I liked, are, people are having that. I, I was a fan of uh, the original Gravity Rush. Mm. Um, I never finished it, but it was okay. Was uh, final three announcements we'll talk about here, and then we're going to Nintendo and wrap the whole thing up. Um, Sony and Insomniac Games, as reported, are working on... Spider-Man for PS4. Uh, and it looks pretty good. It's pretty fucking Have you cool. seen some of the gameplay? I have indeed. Oh, it's pretty <laughs> fucking good. time, good. apart from that bit that people are criticising where he goes through a window and the glass shatters in the wrong direction. <laughs> hey, look. It's a work in progress. Yeah. Right? Although but, everyone was bitching like, oh, there's never been a good Spider-Man game. Uh, like, no, Spider-Man 2. two. Yeah, Spider-Man GameCube. 2. GameCube, yeah. That it awesome. Yeah, Open world Spider-Man. Yeah. That's what it needs to be. I think someone pointed out like, uh, Spider-Man games are at their best when you actually feel like Spider-Man. Yeah. And this game seems like it will. Um, I'm really... Like, basically, all it needs to be for me, uh, coming from Insomniac, is um, it just needs to be Sunset Overdrive in with Spider-Man. But, good. Way... Sunset Overdrive is great. I was troubling. You can go fuck yourself. Yeah, I um, Crash. Yeah. <laughs> the Bandicoot is saved. If there is to be one highlight for me of all of E3, oh, fuck's sake. it was watching Tim Geddes on the Kind of Funny stream lose his fucking reason when this happened. You need to look it up if you haven't seen it already. It's really good. Um, they're remastering Crash 1, 2 and Warped. <laughs> Excuse me. From the ground up for PlayStation 4. No timeline on that, but that is coming. Um, um, I, I tell you what, I'd much rather remastered versions of those original games than them trying to do that game again, and trying to do something completely different and stupid with it. What I will be, um, what the key things here will be is, will when it's released, will that be a package that inclo- includes all three games? I, I would say kind of like Nathan so. Drake Collection. Yep. Um, and how is that going to... Not so, It's not PlayStation exclusive, apparently. Uh, no, because uh, Crash was an Xbox, um, wasn't... PlayStation exclusive by the time yeah. but it was kind of blah, blah, blah. when Crash was done it was sandwiched in between a lot of exclusive Sony stuff uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. so but, yeah that's yeah, going to be multi-platform that, yeah um, I mean fucking I was playing a Crash game on the Game Boy Advance which is actually a pretty good game uh, I'll be curious to see just how that feels because a lot of those older games that have been remastered don't have the I don't know like because everyone was like oh let's get DuckTales fucking remastered and then it came out and it was like eh, whatever but 
yeah, like everyone's been saying, oh, Crash, hashtag Skate 4, and we've uh, got one of them, so. Yeah. Well, we got Crash already this year because you can play the first level of Crash in Uncharted 4. Uh, yeah. There you go. Um, and then the one I'm saving for last. Holy goddamn, Andy House comes out and talks about PlayStation having relationships with unique creators. And all of a sudden, to the most melodramatic and bombastic entrance I have ever seen at E3, Hideo Kojima pimps out onto the stage. This was the part at which Mark woke up because I was slapping the couch so hard in disbelief that it rose him from his deep slumber on the floor. I had a small girly shriek and and, uh, and I woke up and was like, oh, we've been attacked. So Are Kojima comes out and I would have thought, right, okay, maybe we get a title card. You know, we just see the thing. We just see the name of the game. Um, we knew, I mentioned in the preview show that Jeff Keighley said something about how he knew something was up. That something was good. There was an announcement that was going to blow people away. And we knew that Kojima was in town. And that him and Jeff Keighley are mates. Um, So Kojima comes out and brilliantly says, I'm back. Which got a big pop from the audience and a big pop from me. Yeah. And then he said, we have something very special to show you. All of this is running in real time. At which point the tears began. And they didn't stop. We got this trailer. And I think one thing you said is like, you may not enjoy his games... But that man cuts a trailer. That that man understands cinematic quality. So firstly, the music is fantastic. Yeah. I've been playing it non-stop uh, this week. Um, so it starts off on kind of like a black oily beach. You're seeing a lot of dead fish and stuff like that. Um, there's handprints in the sand. It gets to... There's a body on the ground. It zooms out a little bit. It's a, it's a grown man's body. Then you see an umbilical cord and there's a baby. This man picks up the baby, stands up, and you see it's Norman Reedus, which got a fucking huge roar in the crowd because obviously Norman Reedus was attached to the Silent Hills project. So obviously mm-hmm. he's just followed Kojima into Kojima Productions yep. and is doing this game now. The baby disappears from Norman. Norman Reedus, by the way, the mocap on his face, extraordinarily brilliant. Yeah. He's crying. The baby disappears. Bunch of floating psychomantises. This, well, this is the thing. Like, he stands up. Because you don't see this. You hear something. He stands up. You see his face looking into the camera, but looking beyond the camera, as the case may be. He stands up. There's, like, a, a scar in the shape of a cross on his stomach. And it looks... And there are five figures walking on the air in the distance. And they slowly get closer and closer. And then it cuts and just says, a Hideo Kojima game. Yeah. So it's not just, like... It's not just him going, hey, fucking, just being Kojima. It's a Hideo Kojima game, Norman Reedus in, and then the name, Death Stranding. And there was also, there was a bunch of, like, whales stranded on the beach as yeah, well. Yeah, dead whales, dead, dead fish. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> it was a good trailer. There was a lot going on there. There was Actually, a lot going on. There was a people, lot going on there, but in that, there well, was people, a lot going yeah, on. Yeah, people have, like, uh, been looking into the symbolism of this trailer yeah. about, like, you know, is the the symbolism of Norman Reedus having his child ripped away from him? Is that something to do with Kojima having Metal Gear ripped away from him and things like that? Like, is it more a philosophical thing than representative of what the game is going to be? Um, all I know is it got me fucking excited. Um, that game is not like that game is at best like Q four twenty eighteen, more than likely sometime twenty nineteen. Yeah, but. Well, this is the thing, like, because, I mean... I can't wait. I hope it becomes a yearly segment of him showing up and doing something crazy. With Kojima, 
Um, and, and this is where my weird relationship with him comes in, in that I've watched videos where people have dissected the MGS series from fucking beginning to end and every corner of it and what each one means and, and all this kind of stuff. I have to, for my own sake and sanity, I have to take everything Kojima does on just face value and don't look any deeper below the surface because otherwise my head explodes. So, people have, have already started to dissect this Death Stranding trailer and try to see what does it mean. I'm taking it on face value and just as a, a piece of cinematic presentation to get you hyped for whatever the fuck he's doing. It's the be- it was the best trailer of all E3. Best trailer of all By E3. By some distance. By some distance. And I'm just there just thinking... And there were some good trailers. Somewhere there, Andrew House has a fucking blank checkbook. And <laughs> no, by <he just laughs> backstage somewhere, Andrew House is like looking at like a live cam of like uh, Microsoft headquarters during that trailer and just them watching a screen and he goes, ha 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 ha. Or like, we got the crazy guy and yeah, he's doing the well, stuff. That as well. And probably like, maybe there's a good chance that this was the first time he saw the trailer and was just like, what in the... F- fuck am I letting this man do mm. either way it's impossible to not come away from E3 at least mildly intrigued by what that madman is going to come up with for the next two to three years because it certainly isn't going to be any time soon we're going to actually see what this game is yeah um, so that was Sony uh, there's a lot of other kind of little announcements like there was some gameplay of uh, what I think is the greatest name for a game I've heard in a long time which is Psychonaut in the Rhombus of Ruin mm which we heard about last year, so that was playable. Um, people who were there, there was some Yakuza stuff, some Hatsune Miku, Project Diva X, King of Fighters 14, 9 Minute... Oh, there was... Something we haven't mentioned is that there was a load of Final Fantasy 15 stuff that just looked garbage, including a Final F- uh, Fantasy 15 uh, um, VR thing. Garbage. Oh, Tekken 7. Tekken 7. On board with that. No volcanoes in no, that trailer. No volcanoes. Sad. Very upset about. Very upset about this. And um, there was a lot of Persona Five announcements. That's coming. That's coming Valentine's Day. So get the person in your life a uh, hundred-hour Japanese RPG that's ah. weird as fuck. Um, that leaves us. Before we kind of do some, we'll do some miscellaneous stuff before we finish. But uh, the last major thing is Nintendo. Um, Nintendo showed us a bit of Pokemon before they started with the main event um, and yeah looks like a Pokemon game they showed off a bit of the, the, the starters in battle they showed off the new legendaries and stuff like that that's that's pretty cool um, some of the other games they announced before we get on to the one we're going to talk about they've teased that a new kind of Mario is coming so there's probably a Nint- Mario game launching yeah, with yeah. the next um, Gurumin 3D coming to 3DS this summer Rhythm Heaven Mega Mix out now North America Paper Mario Color Splash people love their Paper Mario games coming October 7th that looking was really nice um, Dragon Quest 7 for 3DS launched September 16th in the West Monster Hunter Generations ju- demo June 30th Yoke Watch 2 detailed that game has only just come out in the West <laughs> um, Mario Party Star Rush announced for 3DS oh, Jeff Gersman cried um, Nintendo and Grezzo announced action RPG Ever Oasis for 3DS it actually looked alright yeah, yeah, uh, Shin Megami Tensei IV uh, Apocalypse had a trailer Story of Seasons Trio of Town uh, New Ace Attorney game Spirit of Justice um, Harvest Moon Sky Tree Village that, that's cool the fucking I remember when I was a kid um, reading Nintendo official magazine Nom and 
reading regularly about people just fawning over Harvest Moon as a thing. Do you know what I'm And just every by? time I saw Harvest Moon as a kid, I was just like, what the fuck? Well, yeah. <laughs> what I'm surprised by is we didn't get anything more, other than Pokemon Go, we didn't get anything more on terms of Nintendo and their mobile gaming, like what they had planned for that. Yeah. Well, I think maybe they're controlling the message now that Pokemon Go is going to come out. Let's see how that goes. Yeah. And then we make our next announcement. Because the thing is, like, E3 for them isn't as big anymore. They can just do it direct and announce all the fucking... Of course, of course. Um, Mark. Hi. Talk to me about Zelda. You know what? sweet Jesus Christ. Do you know what? I didn't have the blow-away reaction I thought I was going to have. And I, I... There's a couple of reasons why. Um... I've been burned before by Zelda. <laughs> Haven't we all? Right. Skyward Sword was not a very good game. I'm really curious to see what... I can't get overly excited because A, I don't know how I'm going to be playing this Zelda game because I don't know what the NX controller is. Yeah. Because part of... I mean, there's a number of reasons why Skyward Sword was not a very good game, but one of them reasons, and... It had it going against it was it, it was struck down into the bullshit motion controls of the, yeah. the Wii well, controller I do know the one thing I will say about that before I let you go on is that they have confirmed that, that obviously nothing about the NX version but that for the Wii U version it is fully compatible with the Pro controller Yeah, which tells me one of two things but it tells me either the NX is going to have an equivalent to the Pro controller so that you can control it like any fucking normal game without stupid motion controls or it tells me that the NX has a standard controller. Hmm. Um, either way, I'm happy about that. Well, because I, that's, that's the way, because I play Wind Waker HD, I play it on my Pro Controller with the, the gamepad sitting in its cradle. Yeah. Well, I mean, either way, like, this isn't going to be my down with motion control because obviously the, the Wii U gamepad only has so much motion control to work with. Hmm. Um, like... I played through Twilight Princess twice, and I'll let you figure out why I played it through twice, and I'll let you figure out which version of that I enjoyed more. <laughs> As I said earlier, it looks very much like a kind of Skyrim Bethesda type of open world game with a Zelda skin. And as I said, I'm not the biggest fan of that kind of game, but if you're going to get me to play it, it's probably going to be through a, a Zelda skin kind of game. I've not been given enough information to make any kind of opinion um the good things going for it is it does look like it the way that this game is going to be played is very very different to any zelda game before one of the things we do know details wise weapon degradation yeah which i'm all for yeah um because as ever as much as everyone championed a link between worlds for doing some really kind of new revolutionary things it didn't really it was a link to the cast uh, that it again uh, a link to the past no but do you know what it did with it, it did a to a link system. to the past what uh, majora's mass did with ocarina of time it was like a remix of i won't even say that because i i can feel I can still say, like, with confidence that Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask are two different games just using the same assets. A Link Between Worlds is just a link to the past, but they just have a rental system, uh, and the graphics are in 2014 or whenever it, come, whenever it came out. I've not been given enough information to really give any kind of strong opinion on it, other than just it looks very nice. Um, 
and it's an actual thing, you know, and the, the, it's an actual game that looks like it's going to come out next year and wasn't just like, here's a trailer, it'll come out whenever. That's all I really had to say at the moment. I, you know, as me being the Zelda fanboy I am, I felt that, like, I was hoping I could come on here and kind of rant away, but there isn't actually a lot I have to say about it. It did what a brief trailer should do, and it made me excited and interested. Yeah. Um, one thing I will say before we move on uh, from that is the thing I particularly love is the art style. Mm-hmm. The art style is timeless in a way that... Wind Waker is without necessarily getting as far into cartoony as Wind Waker does. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's a game that will... It's not going to be like, say, the polygonal PS1, PS2 era where you go back and look at those games and you're like, Jesus, fuck. It looks like a bunch of blocks. No, and I can't remember who, which podcast was the other day, but they're basically saying, with just Nintendo games in general, because they don't have... The, the, the consoles aren't the graphical powerhouses that the PlayStation or the Xbox or whatever are, they have to really, you know, choose their art style they're going to go with that suits what they're capable of doing, you know, within the graphical limitations. That is why you see Wind Waker having the cell shady style that it had. That's why you see Twilight Princess not aging as very well as some of the other Zelda games. And it's why you see Skyward Sword having that kind of fine line between the cell shaded with a little bit of the realistic in this kind of like uh, almost kind of water based art brush style mm. which was one of the strong points of Skyward Sword is that it had a very striking visual style to it and it looks like Breath of the Wild has kind of taken elements of that and, and obviously because it's got more to work with in terms of graphics because the NX um, it can kind of push that further along so like I mean I, I never for one second doubted that this game was going to look very beautiful because it clearly is going to mm. um, but in terms of like what we're actually doing what the story is that kind of stuff uh, there's not really much more I can say at the moment yeah wait and see yeah interesting it has leaned me more towards what I was probably already going to do and get an NX hmm. um, kind of just to wrap it up uh, some interesting things that happened in or around that are kind of um, not Ooh. particularly tied to one or the other ukulele did Q1, delayed to Q1 2017. Uh, Looks good though. Yeah, yeah. We already have uh, FIFA 17, Frostbite Engine. Xbox, or Xbox, sorry. XCOM 2 is coming to consoles. Shock Horror. Injustice 2, everything I've seen from that looks good. I want more Injustice. Big fan Deus Ex Go announced for smartphones. Yep, Mike Biffle somewhere is getting ready to sue Square Enix. <laughs> so much like uh, Mafia Three. Mafia Three looks real good. Didn't see anything about Mafia. 3. Mafia Three looks real good. Yeah. Um. Uh, I'll, I'll let you see a thing, but basically, you're a, a black protagonist in, um, in a place called New Bordeaux, uh, wreaking vengeance on some fuckers, uh, and that is a. It looks like a good time. Mm-hmm. There's gonna be a bonus episode of Hitman on July nineteenth, so nice. we'll get to do a live stream of that shit. Uh, you already mentioned uh, Tekken 7. Something that uh, you might be happy about is that your boy, Stardew Valley, is coming to consoles, yep. uh, PS4, Xbox One, and I think particularly interestingly to Wii U. Yes, that is maybe the where I might end up playing with that. With screen? Yeah. yeah. That seems like it would perfectly work. Uh, speaking of Resident, Se- uh, Resident Evil 7, there is a playable demo of the prologue chapter online. What I will say about that is they have outright said 
it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with what the final game is. It is kind of like PT in as much as it is a demo for what the game is going to look and feel like rather than what it's going to be like. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dragon Ball Universe 2, we knew that was coming out, so we got to see a bit of that. Oh, good. I can play through the fucking Cell games again for the million fucking times. Uh, I will say, I think Xenoverse is the best looking of those. Like, it proper looks like the anime hey. in motion, uh, even more so than some of those other... Uh, Budokai Tenkaichi games. I'm I actually amazed I didn't trip over myself saying that. But I think it was, it was didn't I say that to you for the first time? You didn't know that the direct translation of that, the World Championship Tournament uh, yeah, yeah, from Japanese saying. is the strongest under the heavens. Yeah, which yeah. why the fuck would you ever change that name? That is badass. <laughs> um, and uh, oh, Agents of Mayhem, which we talked about on the preview show, which yeah, is the new cool. Deep Silver Volition game, mm-hmm. uh, which looks pretty cool. So that's. That's pretty much everything E3 wise. Uh, Mark, any final thoughts on E3 this year before we wrap up? No, it it, it just flew by. Um, I don't feel like. Yeah, I don't think I was particularly. F- uh, I got E3 fatigue watching conference apart from Ubisoft. No, and I don't. I don't feel like there was anything that majorly surprised me because even with like the. Kojima trailer like we kind of knew that Kojima was going to be there in some form or fashion you know we'd hear something if nothing else so there was nothing that uh took me took me aback um I don't just just like there's uh, there's plenty of stuff coming out that I'm intrigued by but really it's just a case of what we was talking about there you know when do Sony play their hand on the Neo when do we finally get that fucking uh, press conference from Nintendo about the NX? Because I tell you what, that will just appear out of nowhere. You will get an yep. email saying, yeah, uh, Nintendo conference, uh, 15 minutes. You might want to watch it. Other than that, video games. Strong, yep. strong video and healthy game. as ever. They're good. They're coming. They certainly are. Watch out for them. Yeah. Because here they are. And I'll tell you one other thing as well. Just from listening to everyone, as usual from this week, the idea of going and working um, for someone to go to E3 and cover just sounds like the worst thing ever. Yeah. Uh, I think it seems to be like the worst thing if you're going from press conference to press conference to cover it. But if you're going there to hang out with people, uh, drink a lot and sit and watch them like certain people do, uh, that seems to be the best way. That seems like a limited field of people that would be employed to do such a thing. Yeah. Well, they're self-employed. Well, <laughs> largely. Or members of the CBS Interactive Corporation. Um, so I think that's going to leave it for us um, we are linked to the cast Dave Bryan and Mark Robinson if you want to check us out linktothecast.wordpress.com is our website where we have all the show notes and stuff for our podcasts where we periodically do articles there's going to be a lot more of them coming up in the next few weeks um, uh, if you want to catch us on social media which is the best place to see like if a live stream is going up if an archived stream is going up any of this sort of thing just to keep up to date with our content or hey, to keep in touch with us uh, facebook.com forward slash link to the cast twitter we're at link to the cast there uh, link to cast at gmail.com is the best place to contact us if you have any queries or just want to say hi because Mark gets lonely sometimes in the night times um, YouTube link to the cast um, we have our shows up on there like Dim Souls where we play through Dark Souls our completed series now playing through Heavy Rain so you can watch through that in its entirety if you hate yourself um, Dave and Mark play Pokemon Blue the Pokemates what up what 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 up um, a couple of other things Dave's Telltale Thursdays which I promise is coming at some stage Dave's Backlog Day where I'm playing games that I don't even remember in some cases buying 
Um, and Mark plays Uncharted, which he's going to get back on this week, I believe. I will play some probably on Tuesday. Yep. Uh, Mark, you had a point there to raise before? Uh, I was just going to quickly uh, get some uh, hot takes predictions from you. Uh, Reigns versus Rollins. Reigns. Uh, Style Cena. Oh, God, I hope, I hope Styles. And the Money in the Bank. Uh, my mate Carlones, as as my girlfriend calls him, Kevin Owens. Grant, thank you very much. Yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, um, the other thing is I will probably not be on the next couple of things to the cast. I am on holidays. I'm going to sunny San Francisco, um, where I will hopefully have a nice beer at Soda Popinski's, the uh, the Mike Tyson's Punch-Out themed bar in San so Francisco. Much. So I'm hopefully going to look forward to that, going to Alcatraz and the like. So you'll be left in the very capable hands of Mark Robinson and Brian McNamara for a couple of weeks while I'm gone. Um, try not to drive the ship too hard into the rocks while I'm gone, Mark. I know you get antsy when I hand back the reins of this podcast that I've been steering for nearly a year now at this stage. I'm pretty sure I can handle it. Well, look, you know, you've got to rein in the boy when he's talking about his RPG elements. We'll see how that goes for you. I'll stay the shit, don't worry. Okay, so we are linked to the cast individually. I am at Dave Ryan IV on Twitter. That man over there, panned out on the couch, ready for some money in the bank because we're recording this minutes before that pay-per-view starts. It's at Lithium Project. We have been linked to the cast and we will catch you somewhere down the road. Peace out.